and welcome to another podcast. This is episode 511 of Conversation Street with me, Michael. And me, Gemma. And we are going to be talking about the episodes of Corrie shown in the UK between the 21st and the 25th of February this week. That is episodes 10,568 to 10,573. So how are you doing, Gemma? Brilliant. Gemma's doing brilliant, everybody. That's really good to know. We've just come back from a little walk, haven't we? It's finally getting to just about walking weather. Not to freeze your bits off. It depends on what time you get I've not had that problem. Well, no, I had a bit of that not problem. Not had that problem? Week. What do you mean? <laughs> it has been half term. and have as... had that problem since September. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like 15 years or something. Yes. Well, Daniel may have been slacking off this week, but I've been doing some work at school, unfortunately, this week. But not today. So we managed to go for a little walk around our place. You did it here? Huh? You did your work here. I did a little bit of work here, but not very much. It's fine. And uh, yeah, so we went on a walk. And but we went to London yesterday. That was an exciting little trip out, wasn't it? We went de- we went up to London. I don't think Manchester people know about that about going up to London. I'd have to go a long way. <laughs> we went to a nice burger restaurant. that was recommended by Charlie Demello. No, it wasn't a restaurant. It was a pub, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes, called the Lord Nelson, and it was very funky. There was just all bits of stuff all over the it's walls. Too it was cool like for us. it was like they'd crammed, they'd, they'd taken everything off about ten TGI Fridays and shoved it all into one room. It's very and, interesting. Um, and there was lots of rude things on the wall as well. It's kind of fun. And I had a nice burger with bacon and peanut, had, bacon and peanut butter burger. You had an Elvis is, burger. Yeah, which is about um, what you might expect. There wasn't it wasn't peanut buttery enough. It didn't really need it in there. Ugh. It was maybe a little bit claggy. And you, what did you have? I had the Cartman. You had the Cartman, which was? Oh, it's so good. It was burger with chorizo and pepperoni, mm. thinly sliced cured pepperoni and um, chorizo, and an egg, fried egg. Oh. It was nice. I had a bit of Gemma's. I think she had the better burger yesterday. But it was it was good. The chips were nice. It was a good place. Thank you, Charlie, for recommending that lovely place. And if anyone else wants a good burger in London, well, that's where you go. The Lord Nelson Pub. It's great. And we went to the Tate. We got to hold a dog. Yeah, we we uh, we uh, we went to a little Tesco's, didn't we? And there was a man outside who wanted to go in and get himself some booze. We asked Gemma whether she likes dogs. And Gemma was like, "Yes, let me look Wait, after it." I won't it. be here when you come back. It was a little. Uh, it was like a, a Cerberus dog, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, then we went to the Tate Gallery to be cultural. Tate Modern we went to. Yeah, and then had a nice um, nice Korean barbecue for tea. It was a good day. We had and then there was Korean... a scary man on the train on the way back. We had Korean barbecue in the, in the restaurant that BTS went to when they came here. They I went there twice. I still don't know who that is. Um, yeah, we had, there was a scary man on the train on the way back. Well, Michael fell asleep when we got on the train. I just went to like, I was closing my eyes, shutting them really tightly in the hope that this guy wouldn't try and talk to me. Leaving me there. <laughs> yeah. And this man was just harassing everybody on the on the train. And I tried to get somebody before we left the station. But these stupid girls got on and they wouldn't get out of the way. Or, like they, Literally, one of them was standing in the aisle going, I can't move, my bag's too heavy. And I was like, well, I need to get off the train to tell somebody that there's a lunatic on the on the train here. He was just drunk. And then this and then these bunch of idiots, I said I wouldn't come in here if I was you and they sat neck like next to him. <laughs> he was on one set of tables and they were on the other and they spent 
like 15 minutes there was like a, was a group of girls and a mum and she's going we're not interested we're not interested stop please swearing at my daughter please talk to yourself thank you very much we're not interested but he was going he was first of all he started watching 28 days later on his phone which is about the zombie apocalypse and he kept going on about it's all kicking off in Russia. It's all kicking off. I told you about this. Remember I told you I said this was going to happen. Everything I said has come true. Do you remember what I was saying to you about World War Two? Do you remember what I said to you about it? And the person on the other end of the phone, he was talking on the phone. And they were like, obviously did not remember anything about World War Two. And he was like, well, yeah, well, it was about Britain versus America. And then he got distracted <laughs> because he started talking about Ukraine again. And then he walked down the whole of the, of the carriage going... You're a liver. You're a liver. You're a liver. You're gonna live. You're gonna live. <laughs> like he got completely confused, and then eventually a man came to kick him off. A train man. A train man. But he was on the phone at the time the man came, and he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't listen to the man trying to tell him to move. And he was like, "I'm on the phone, mate. I'm on the phone. I'm. I can't talk to you. I'm talking to my friend on the phone. She's from Australia. I can't talk to you." And then he started. He also started calling people paedophiles and dinlows. Which I was very, I was very cheered to hear the word Dinlo because that is a regional insult for this area of the country, Dinlo. And he's like, oh, these these Dinlos think I'm a pedo. <laughs> and then he was, and then he said, um, he was talking on the phone to this person, and eventually hung up. And then he he said to the train man, right, it's all kicked off in Russia. And the train man was like, we're not here to talk about Russia. You need to get down. You need to move out of this out of this carriage, please. And then he did. And I was so sad because I was really. This is the most exciting thing that ever happened. I I didn't like it. I just have, I had my headphones plugged in. I was listening to the Coronation Street 50th Anniversary Heroes Angels and Fools or whatever it's called album. But then my battery ran out in the middle of cunning, clever, crafty, oh dear. and so I had to just sit there with my headphones in and try and go to sleep. But it was an well, interesting was, end to the day. He was very excited about this war and he kept saying, if you was in Ukraine now, what would you do? What would you do? Would you fight or would you bottle it? And then he invented the phrase, it's a right bottle up, which I think <laughs> meant it's a stitch up and you bottled it. <sighs> um, and he also said women and children first, which I thought was very traditional, but I also appreciated it because I am one of those. <laughs> anyway, that was our How week, everybody. Feel? I just want, like, as a man, right... When, yeah. when when you were younger, you would have heard the phrase women and children first, okay? Yeah. And you'd have gone, great, includes me. Now you're a man, do you feel um, discriminated against? Well, I am one of life's cowards, so... Um, would you just pretend I think to I'd, be a woman? I might do. I might put a couple of balloons down the top. Would you change your pronouns? I might do. <laughs> like, would you, would you be like Sally? Sally? <laughs> would you be like Sally Webster on the phone? Hi, Michael Johnson, pronouns <laughs> she, her... She her hers. That was so funny. And when was it? That Wednesday's episode, was it? Anyway, that's what we're here to talk about this week. Well, not Sally Metcalf's Well, I don't very often go on a, on a tangent, but I, wonder, I had such Street. an exciting evening. That was a, that was a soap-worthy character, wasn't it, that was on our train last night? Dinlo. Yeah. So, shall we get on with the podcast? No, you want a quiz. Shall we? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. You're going gonna to give me a quiz? You got a good quiz? You said it, you, I asked you earlier about this somewhere on the walk, and you said you found it difficult to come up with good quiz questions this week. Doesn't mean I didn't Let's do it. Let's see. How are you done? Just means they're going to be more difficult to answer. Oh, I hate it when that happens. 21st to the 25th of February, in years ending in a two and a seven. Mm-hmm. And I sourced this from coronationstreet.fandom.com, Coropedia, which is your font of Coronation Street knowledge on the internet. 21st of February, 1990. It it's like, it's like, the, like the aerial. It's like the Times New Roman, isn't it, of Coronation Street. It's like, where, where you go. You know, that makes me the comic sans, right? <laughs> or am I wingdings? Oh, yes, you're so funny, Gemma. No, everyone hates me. <laughs> but oh. I am accessible. 
everybody is equally able to hate me as everybody else. Yeah. That's nice, isn't it? But I think I, I think, think I'm, I'm like... what am I, courier a bit, a bit stuffy and rubbish. Very old fashioned. <laughs> Looks like a typewriter. Yeah. Okay, right. Go on, go on. 21st of February 1997. Who dies after being hit by Tony Horrocks' car? Joyce Smedley. Hooray. We talked about her on the bonus podcast this week. She was the one that left Scamper to um, Gary and Judy. Not not deliberately. No, but she did anyway. 22nd of... When I, when I die, it won't be on purpose, okay? <laughs> so when... It might be if I kill you. When everybody says, oh, Gemma left so-and-so, no... You have to use the phrase, I looted Gemma's corpse and got... Got the dog. (laughs) Got a cat. (laughs) Right, next. 22nd of February, 1982. Hilda gets hold of Eddie's CB and uses it. And what does she give herself as a call sign? What name? Oh, I've got no clue. Go on, give give it a guess. You're not going to guess it, but... Um, Did it have anything to do with their actual name or anything? No. They don't do, do they? No. I don't know. She called herself Shady... Weatherfield Warbler. Shady Lady. <laughs> Shady Lady. 22nd of February, 2017. Why is Liz sad when Leanne brings baby Ollie back from the hospital? Um, um, because she knows that baby Ollie is her grandson. And no. it's not public knowledge. Yeah, nobody else knows yet. Well, everybody knows. I was reading the, I was reading the description. It's like, who doesn't know at this point? <laughs> Um, I think it was just Michelle. <laughs> 23rd of February, 1977. Who gets permanent lodgings with Elsie? 1977, permanent lodgings with Elsie. Oh, mm, Susie Birchall. Yes. Oh, yes. Well done. 23rd Thanks. of February, 1997. Why is Anne Malone sacked from Furman's Freezers? Um. Um. Uh, oh, I think maybe she slipped something into Samantha Failsworth's shopping trolley or something to make it look like she was shoplifting. Is that right? Yes. Yes! She fitted her up on a shoplifting charge. Well done, Michael. That's good. That's a deep cut. 24th of February, 2017. The Platts and Tilsies have a party to welcome Oliver. And as soon as Simon holds oh. him in his arms, no, it's not going to be the question, he immediately that. That was a brilliant scene. confesses that he is the father. Do you mean Simon or do you mean Simon Gregson? Steve. <laughs> you said Simon. I didn't even... I... Imagine if Simon had been the father of the answer. Oh, not really. <laughs> you thought that Frankie and Jamie Baldwin were. Back. I know. I'm sorry. I I have read the wrong name before in a question. The Platts. You did party. last week. You I know. did last I, week. I you said my Blanche error. and not Deirdre. Yep. Sorry. No, Deirdre, not Blanche. The Platts have a party to welcome Oliver, and as soon as Steve holds him in his arms, he immediately confesses he is the father. Where is the party being held? Bistro. Yes. Why does Michelle think Steve is saying that Oliver is his baby initially? Um, because he's, she's thinking, oh, for Rory, Rory, who's dead. And now he well, thinks, thinks that this is he Rory. Thinks, yeah, that it's Rory. Yeah. It's not. 25th of February, 2002. Which four lady pensioners go for a drive in the countryside only to be attacked by an escaped criminal called Johnny James? I saw this on, um, on Twitter this week because Corey Peter right, posted now, it. Right, now cast your mind back. Four lady pensioners. To the amazing Rita. picture that no doubt accompanied Emily yeah Betty yeah 
Oh, Who have you said? Rita, Emily and Betty. Blanche. Correct. Yes! I've done well this week. That's the end. Oh, amazing. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Out of eleven. Yes. Fan, I've got a fun roll this week. Go on then. I don't know if this was also Coropedia. I might have mentioned this. But um, William Ash played Johnny James. Mm-hmm. He'd already been in Coronation Street once in 1987 as a boy named Spike. He went to the charity fate. But you might hear that name and it rings a bell because he is actually second cousin to Peter Ash. Oh, really? He plays Paul Foreman. That is a good bit of curry trivia. Well done. I like that. And I looked at a diagram to try and work out what a second cousin is. So I think a second cousin is your grandfather, grandfather, grandmother's sister or brother's child's child. Oh, okay. That's how Peter Ash got the job on Corrie. So then, you might, it? like, if you were having a massive party and you needed numbers, you might get invited. Yeah. But if you're like, it depends on what the cost per head is. <laughs> I read something interesting on Corrie Peter today that I must have known at some point in my life but since forgot but um, Blanche was actually Maggie Jones's third role on Coronation Street ah. she played a couple of characters in the 60s she was um, who was, was she it? a go-go dancer there's one of them I forgot one of, oh one of them do you remember the episode where Annie Walker gets arrested for smashing the window after the, the uh, football match Yes. She gets taken to police custody and there's somebody who's also been arrested there and it's really? played by Maggie Jones. Yeah. So and she and she recommends that Annie um claim that she's forgotten what happened to try and get out of it. Sounds like Blanche. <laughs> um birthdays. Yes. We've got some nice birthdays. I know we do. Twenty sixth of February to the fourth of March, twenty sixth of February. Is that tomorrow? Yes. <gasps> Today, as of release of this fine podcast. Only the lovely Emily Aston plays Becky Palmer. <laughs> yes. And Georgia Taylor, oh, who plays Toya Batty. Happy birthday, Georgia. 28. It's a lovely age. Happy birthday to you. Watch out for the big happy 3 0 coming up to soon. You. 29th of February, Wendy Peters, who plays Scylla Battersby Brown. And of course, I've probably mentioned this yeah. every year, but she's a leap year baby. She so is. she's even younger than. Uh, than old George Taylor. <laughs> First old of George March, Taylor. Andy Cunningham, who plays Linda Javesky. Third of March, Alison King. There you go. Plays Carla Connor. Matthew <laughs> Martin. There you go. What's the famous? Famous. It's a famous like one. Linda Javesky. Ma- Matthew Martin plays Chris Collins. Patty Clare plays Mary Taylor. And Charlie Renshaw, who was Liam Collar Jr. the fourth. Good week for birthdays. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday everybody. everybody. It's nearly spring. What what a right. time we've had. And it is Pancake Day next week as well, isn't it? It is Pancake Day on the 1st of March. So mm. get your pancakes ready now. And your Jif lemons. Don't use Jif lemon. Have some self-respect. Your actual lemons. Let's go into street talk. <laughs> Right, it is time for Street Talk this week. And I thought, I thought it was an alright week in Coronation Street this week. What about you, Gemma? Great. Great, says Gemma. Fantastic. Are you ready for some storyline tales? I've told you I've got some iffy ones today, so I need your um, your immediate and honest reactions to these, Gemma. Ready? Number one. So, we're going to do the Abbey story first. I know I might have told you this one. And we already had the Battersbeeb um, kind of portmanteau for the two of those. But I wanted to get Abbey involved in there as well, yeah? So I got it with... Batabib. Batabib. What does that mean? It's all of them. It's Battersby and Abby and Habib. Batabib. Or well, I've actually well, called... Well, how's it different? What? No, it had been Batersbib when it was just the two of them and now it's Batabib because she's involved. But... No. I've, all, I've actually called this Batabib, Bataboom because it kind of sounds... <laughs> I, I like the sound of it. Uh, no. Next up, we've got... Oh, I've still got a bit more of the cad and the boundary dispute, which is... Um, 
That's we all know which now. story that is. That's totally irrelevant, but never mind. I can't think of a better one. Right, next one. The Portuguese Nan of War. Yeah, I got a snort. That was <laughs> there's a smile, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh God. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Thanks. Um right, next up, Gemma. Would you or would you not agree <laughs> that Stu and had beef with Tracy this week? Yeah? Yes. So we we'll call this story Beef and Red Wine Stew. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, God. That's a good one, beef and red wine stew. That's Very what... delicious. <laughs> um, and then we have got the Max Impact story slash Halo, which is the couple name that we're trying we're, to uh, push. We're popularising Halo, everybody. I know that Elma Verney um, said, is it, Jack, what did she say? Jack, Jack me or a mob or something. But we're going, we're going um, surnames and going Halo for our um, couple hey, name for those Jacob two. Jacob Hay and, and Amy, Amy Barlow. Barlow. Yeah, Halo. I came up with that. You, that is yours, actually. You're right, I forgot that it was wasn't me. absolutely genius, It was. Actually. And we had a little bit more of the Drop Dead Ted story um, today with Craig packing boxes. So, um, wow. Leave that thrill to wow. last. Wow. I, I know. I can't believe this, this storyline is going from strength to strength. Yeah, I know. You know, one minute you're fishing a, a plastic nail out of a, out of a U-bend and the next minute you're stacking boxes and it's just a day in the life of one of <laughs> Coronation Street's most exciting character. <laughs> uh, right, Gemma, you are doing batter be- batter boom. So, what has been going on with this affair storyline this week? Because we were looking forward to Which how this is going to be turning out. This one. Oh yeah, because there are two at the moment, yes. aren't there? This is the actual one night stand that happened, and not the one that's made up in Lydia's mind. We were looking forward to this this week after um, the kind of they they introduced it a little bit last Friday, didn't they? Bringing Toya and Imran back into the fray. How did they get on? What's been going on this week? Pass over to you. On Monday, a cleanly shaven Kevin, which was weird. He's like suddenly lost half. It's of very his odd seeing Kevin face. with that. It's like Steph Barnes is back and has attacked him with a razor, but all over his face this time. I thought you were being rude about what Steph Barnes looked like. <laughs> like a shaven Kevin Webster. No, I was just making a reference to thirty years ago. Come on, Jeremy, keep up. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, he, Kevin tells Abby that he's taking her and Jack away for a little holiday because they're having an adoption hearing and for some reason they haven't been prepped about what to expect or they didn't listen properly but they think somehow they're going to go in it's all going to be sorted and they're going to the like end. stamp a little thing that says adopted and that'll be it yeah but no um, Toya tells Sarah and Lydia about her engagement news everyone that's right yes oh, she's yeah. not she's got not engaged yet. yet because no, she no, not... she hasn't got a ring yet, yeah. but it, um, because it's an engagement in principle, mm. which is so romantic. What could go wrong? Imran presents Toya with a ring in the bistro. Is it a real one? I thought it was. I thought it was a fake one. Oh, oh no, maybe it was. Cause, I it was um, a joke. Yeah, no, I missed that. You're right, because didn't Abby make a comment about them? There'd been no diamonds on it or something. Well, I think I here's a, here's a way, ladies. If you're hoop. very materialistic and your man gives you an engagement ring, and it's not up to scratch, you go, "Oh, this is so funny! I can't wait for the real one." And then <laughs> <laughs> let him work it out from there. <laughs> um, right on cue, Abby and Sally come in, and there's a bit of an awkward air in. In the of course. Place. Um, Sally congratulates them, and then Sean does as well. And Imran and Abby go, look, look over here. Let's look awkwardly and guiltily at one another. Sean irritates them. Where is this? At the beast yeah, show still. He's like, let's play. Never have I ever. Never have I ever. 
enjoyed a scene with Sean. <laughs> that's not true. No, I usually like Sean. Would, yeah, that's. I am usually yeah. a Sean defender, but it was very annoying. Never have I ever turned 180 degrees without <laughs> in less than half a second. <laughs> um, Imran's like, no, no, we're not doing that. Give it a rest. Abby walks out. I think uh, um, a lot of the the viewership were cheering Imran on when he told Sean to shut up, though. <laughs> so what's wrong with being fun? What's wrong with being fun? That's what I say. Just wants to play a game. Yeah. Abby, I mean, there are worse games, aren't there? Abby walks out. Sally's behind her. Um, She seems to think that Sean has struck a nerve and maybe Kevin was unfaithful. And Abby says, no, you got it wrong. Kevin wasn't unfaithful. I was. (gasps) I don't know why this really had to come out here. Just to move the plot, move on at a nice pace. Okay. She is eating her up inside. Now, Abby and Sally were friends, weren't they? Because Abby stayed at Tim and Sally's house at one point. Well, yeah, Sally and Abby were cellmates together, weren't they? Back in the yeah. day. That is a deep bond mm. that will never be broken. Yeah. Um, She's definitely more friends with, with Sally than she is with Toya. <laughs> By the end of the week, she's like... Toya's inviting herself round number round, 13 for a cup of tea. Um... Uh, Toya comes out to see if Abby's okay and Sally's like hmm I wonder what's happening here I think I can work it out and she gives Abby a very uh, disapproving look and then she goes home and on Wednesday Abby texts Sal like can we talk please Kevin starts her by coming in and jabbering about the holiday that they're going to go on and she um she says oh I'm just really nervous because the adoption hearing's going on today and tries to escape to go to see Sally, but Kevin wants to take her out for a very special breakfast before mm. that happens. So, Abby tries to talk to Sally before they leave, but she doesn't really want to talk to her about it. But luckily, for her anyway, the camper van won't start, which gives them more time to fix it, I guess. Abby makes her excuses. Oh, there's a courtroom. Then we have the courtroom scene where they're going to have the adoption thing, and Abby's like, I've got to get out of here. She goes and she leaves a message on Sally's answer machine to not tell Kevin. Because at this point, the stakes are even higher than normal, aren't they? Because mm. before it was just her relationship with Kevin. But now it's, oh, is it going to mess up my adoption with Jack? Is Jack going to get upset with me? How is this going to end? So the magistrate or whoever, whatever it is. Was it? Ma- I don't really understand the difference. You've written magistrate, but I don't know. I've written the magistrate or whoever in my notes, just err uh, on the side if of caution there. you want any there. technical insider knowledge, come to us. The we'll adoption boss. Yeah, that's right. The child they placement call him officer. Adoptee B. <laughs> um, he's like, well, you seem like you'd make a good mum, but you were a massive druggie. So I want to look into that a bit more and I will um, see you back here on the 14th of March so I can have a look at it. And then Kevin and... and, um, and Abby are like, oh no, we really didn't realise that this wouldn't go 100% smoothly. Like, you, you, what, what? I mean, I, bless, bless Abby, I love her. I think she's great. But if I was like trying to decide what's in the best interest of this child, I wouldn't be like, sign this woman up. She's got, she's had three kids already. She's lost all of them. So it's only fair that she gets one more crack at it. <laughs> it's not like she was careless. Especially with Seb. One, one maybe is a mistake. Two, I'm starting to give you a side eye about it. Mm. Three, it's just carelessness, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the the, the magistrate's just like let's just uh, let's wait a month just to see if any more drama happens in this yeah. story. I just so want to make go sure. A month without any more drama, I will say you are an eligible mother. 
Back on the street, Kevin's saying to Jack, I know it hasn't happened yet. That's why they're going to be they're willing to give Elsie to Toya. It's like, you're never in it, love. <laughs> no drama ever happens yeah. with you. You seem like a steady lady. You can have Jack too, if you like. Yeah, why don't you adopt all of them? <laughs> Who else is going? Spare. Why don't you, what, do you want some quads? <laughs> so, um, Kevin tells Jack, I, I can feel it in my bones. It's good news coming. Definitely all the adoptions going to be a-okay. Abby comes into the garage later and says, Kevin, I love you and I love Jack and I love everything, but I screwed everything up. And he says, no, you haven't. I love you. Then she runs away because Sally's phoning her. Kevin, meanwhile, is fiddling around with the stereo of this very old looking camper van. It's, it's got a brand new stereo system in there, Gemma. It's top of the range. It's got a very good Bluetooth connector, mm. which instantly connects Abby's phone with the Bluetooth so that Sally, he can overhear her saying, Kevin's heart will break when he finds out. And Sally's like, Abby's like, oh, don't tell him. Sally, Sally, hello, hello, can you hear me? And no. I thought that was quite a nice modern way of overhearing because it's that definitely happens. You're on the phone sometimes or, you know, you're doing something on your phone then it connects to the Bluetooth when you turn the car on. It was, yeah, it was pretty, it was easy to understand what was going on. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how the grannies in the audience really understood what was happening, but I got it. And I thought, yes, that could maybe that happen. That could happen. That's plausible, indeed. It makes a change from somebody just happening to walk on by when somebody's revealing a secret. Or just the classic, tell Kevin what. Yep. Kevin's standing there. It put me there. in mind of a little bit there, that time when uh, Eva's text messages appeared yeah. on the Maria's TV, or was it the other way around, if yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, Kevin's standing there and he's like, what's going to break me up? And Abby says, I cheated on you. <gasps> She's admitting it. She says, it happened ages ago. My head was a mess. Um, I can't remember. She, did she say it was before they got married? I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. But he, he, he says, who was it with? And she doesn't say anything. And then he says, was it Tez? And she's like, yes, it was How definitely convenient. him. And he drives off. Now, Tez, to remind everybody, Seb's dad... Of his mm-hmm. old ex. And um, local gun supplier. Yeah, gunsmith. Yeah. Wellard. Um, bit scary. Jack finds Abby crying later, which he puts down to the fact that she didn't get to adopting in the hearing. And he's he's trying to be all sweet and everything. And she says, don't get your hopes up. I think I've done a lot of bad things and I don't know whether it's going to come off now. And he says, I don't care. You're me mum, no matter what anyone says. Well, all right then. Let's drop the pretense then, shall we? <laughs> I think it's odd that Jack's taken to Abby this hard and this fast because she's only been on the scene for, you know, year and a half maybe, tops, and now she he's saying you're my mum. It is very sweet and everything, but like it seems obvious to me that Kevin wants is gonna now wanna break up with Abby and he's not gonna wanna have Jack have anything to do with her. Mm. So if your adoption of a child is entirely dependent on your relationship with the par- with the other parent, does it? I, I don't think it's a good idea. Probably not. Do you not think that? Yeah, no, no, I agree. Like, I re- like adoptions, I think it's really lovely when... And I, I kind of... To me, I don't see why you don't automatically become the child's parent when you marry... You know what I mean? It seems it would be nice if that happened automatically. But because you have to go through a lot of hoops... There's probably some people that wouldn't want that. 
for whatever reason. I know, yeah, you know, you wouldn't want to be adopted by your dad's girlfriend now, would you? Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny. Um, yeah, well, but... they're not getting married, so... No, you see what I mean, though? It just yeah. it just feel, it feels like, if unless two people are adopting at once, mm. it kind of feels a bit like... Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, I, I kind of thought it was odd that Jack um, considered Abby his mum quite so soon, but has he ever had an actual mother figure in his life? Because I'm trying to think of who... I suppose there was Anna Kevin was in a relationship with for a bit, wasn't she? Did did Anna... Anna didn't marry Kevin, did she? I don't I think know. she did, Anna Webster, no. But did did Jack think of her as his mum? I, I don't know. He's, and then there was Jenny as well that um, that he was that was going out with him for a bit. It just really feels to me as though this adoption is more of a symbolic thing to kind of make Abby and Jack feel good about themselves, which is lovely, but given what I think will happen now, hmm. feels very misguided and like Kevin doesn't really understand what he's getting himself into if he's not yeah. well, 100%. He, he obviously didn't know what he was getting himself into fully when he married Abby, did he? Into any, I think he's mad. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. He, although he has said in the past, like, oh, the past is the past, Abby, anything that happened before, it doesn't matter. Well, Just overlook all my crimes. Yeah, he kind of uh, went back on that one just a tad this week. Maybe he's like, I don't care if she did cheat on me. She's adopted Jack. That means she has to have him 50% of the time and I can get my birds in. <laughs> She's got to make Abby's, got to make Jack's too now. Got to clean his pants. Abby, you got to clean Jack's pants and my pants now. <laughs> the judge told me. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it, isn't it? That <laughs> makes sense. Um, okay, so oh, where am I? Did you move it? No, no, I didn't move anything. Um, yeah, you're just at the top here. Abby, Abby oh, you're my mum no matter what. Yeah. Abby goes to number eight and tells Sally everything that's happened, apart from the major point, which is Imran. Yes. Was the one what she done it with. Yes. Um, she's terrified that she's ruined everything. And Sally tries to calm her down and says, look, Kevin will calm down as well. But she's also like, oh, did you, did, he does know that I didn't want to keep this from him, doesn't he? And, and uh, Abby's like, look, Sally, I don't care about you and Kevin at the moment. <laughs> Speaking of the devil, there he comes knocking at the door as well. One of the main things that Sally was saying on the phone to Abby is like, "I'm not, I don't want to lie for you, but I'm not going to tell him. Mm. But you need to tell him." Yeah. So <sighs> Kevin, Kevin comes round, doesn't he? Kevin comes round. <sighs> I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Ke- Sally comes to see them. Kevin. Sally says, "Look, Kevin." See how upset Abby is. And he's like, I don't care, really. I want to know what happened. How long did this go go on for? And then up turns Jack. And there's loads of drama. So they go back home. Jack gets sent away upstairs. And Abby's desperately trying to explain herself. But she's still lying again. Oh, it's a, it was a one-off before we even got it married. Was. It was. Please forgive me. Yeah, true. but she's lying about a crucial element of it. <laughs> she says, look, we need to go away together as a family. Let's go on this holiday. Bit by bit, you'll be able to forgive me. Um, or why don't you just go and then you can talk to me when you get back. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. I want to go. I don't know if I'm I want to go on a lovely February camper van holiday around the UK. Um, he, She says something like, if you're still here when I get back, I'll know that you want me to go with you. But if you want to go by yourself, then just drive away. Yeah, and she, he gets her hopes right up because she, she goes comes off, back, comes back and he's still there. And then he says, oh, no, I don't love you. You just assumed that I was listening to a word you said, which would be a turn up for the books, to be frank. Um, and I, I don't care. 
basically. Mm. Um, Kevin says, I want to talk to you and tell tell you it's not going to work. Me and Jack are going away. And then um, when we come back, I want you to leave. By the time I get back. Why? What did I say? Well, you said you said when we when we get back, I want you to leave. It's like when we get back, I want you to make me a cup of tea, put my tea on, wash all my pants from the trip, and then you can leave. Yes, but give me instructions for the washing machine. Yes, not forty three has it because he really <laughs> could do that. Maybe he's like, I'm going to scam this woman. I'm going to pretend I like her for the rest of our lives, and she's going to do all my cooking, cleaning, and washing for me. <laughs> It's just very, not very, very different, of course, from his idea of marriage. <laughs> on Friday, Tyrone finds Abby working in the garage and he's like, oh, what's going on? I thought you were going on holiday. And she says, um, Kevin's gone away and left me at home, like home alone. Yeah, they said the only difference is that in Home Alone, Kevin was the one that stayed behind while everybody else went off. <laughs> it's like the, the inverse of Home Alone. Well, also, they didn't do it on purpose. No. And I don't know whether Tyrone's like thinking that... Kevin is that dense that he's left his wife. (laughs) (laughs) When he gets to dinner time, he'll be like, hang on a minute. (laughs) Something's wrong. (laughs) Later on, Tyrone says to Kevin, to Imran, about Kevin's disappearance. And he tells him that he thinks that Kevin and Abby may have split up. And Imran's immediately like, yikes. Then Abby's sitting in Victoria Gardens and Sally comes along and Imran sees them together and like stands behind a pillar, which is about just like five inches too short. But it's like Abby and Sally are like, there's a, there's a haircut hovering. Don't pay it any mind. Let's continue having our private conversation. This is where everyone has their private conversations in the soundproof Victoria Gardens. Um, Abby's telling Sally about what's happened, about Kevin finding out about her having an affair, and Sally says, shut up whining about this. You've brought it on yourself. Which, honestly, I, f- I feel as though Sarah Louise should have told this to Lydia about a month ago, but never mind. Later on, Imran goes and finds Abby at work. She tells him what Kevin knows, or what he thinks he knows, which is that she had an affair with Tez. And she says... Um, she starts having to go at him and telling him to get back. Well, he's, he's very relieved, isn't he? And she's, yeah, she's like, like, oh, oh I'm glad it's you. all good for you, Imran. How wonderful. And then Toya the comes Imran around show. just as, just, yeah, the Imran show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. Toya comes just as Abby's going, get lost, get lost, uh, Imran, I hate you. And, and Toya's like, hang on a minute. That's my man you're talking about. I'm a listener. Tell me more. <laughs> She's a professional listener, she says. <laughs> um, Abby says, look, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to be rude to Imran. I'm just narky because of Kevin because he's left me. And then this is when uh, Toya offers her services. So when if you say, look, tell me more. I'm a professional listener. Do you then go, oh, do you, how much do you need for what we've said so far? <laughs> I want to know whether we can hire some professional listeners to no, try and get our download a, numbers up for this a, podcast. No, we're wrong. She said she's a trained listener. Oh, yeah, that's right. Trained listener. Trained listener. That makes more sense. Because, yeah, if somebody says to me, I'm a professional listener, you would be start saying, well, I'm not going to talk to you anymore then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need a professional on this job. Toy then invites herself around to Abby's house to talk to her and... Um, Ask her what 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 has happened? What split you and Kevin up? Because you were so good together. I don't get it. And uh, she says, "Were you unfaithful?" <laughs> and uh, Abby's like, "No, no. Um, I left some drugs lying around. I wasn't going to take them." What am I like? But I just like to know they're there. 
And Kevin found them. And Toya says, it's not your fault. You're an addict. It's like blaming someone who's got cancer. I wonder if she'd be this um, nice if it turns out Imran's got like a sex addiction or something. <laughs> she he might very well have. Like, sorry, sorry Toya. It's not my fault. I've got cancer of the penis. Maybe he just needs to try and <laughs> use that one on her when it, it eventually comes out. By dipping it about. Yeah. What? Um, Toya's like, look, I'm sure he'll get over it because he he, he has to. Because you all made for each other. He needs somebody to make his tea, remember, Abby? He's, Don't worry. Yeah, you got him on the back foot. He's not going to learn. <laughs> not at his age. Toya goes home and tells Imran about how Abby split up with Kevin because she had drugs. Um, and he's like, he says, well, that's good. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, that she didn't take the drugs. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm a trained listener. <laughs> I heard you said that. Abby leaves a message on Kevin's answer machine, promising that she will still be there when he gets back and she's not giving up on him. The end. Oh, Abby. So, what did you think of this story this week, Gemma? Did it live up to your expectations? I'd like to see Toya and Imran again. But yeah, I did, but there wasn't very much of them for most of the week. Toya still managed to stay hidden away for the majority of the episodes. Imran was kind of ducking in and out a little bit throughout the week, but I suppose, I suppose we got a bit more of them today. I, um... Yeah, you know, I, I thought that there'd be more to it on, to a, especially at the beginning of the week, and I thought they'd make a bigger deal about Imran and Toya being engaged as well. But apart from a few you know, cursory scenes on Monday's episodes, there was kind of nothing came in, out of it really. A shame. No, no scene of um, Toya telling Leanne that she was uh, engaged, for example, missing a trick. Oh, oh are they gonna have a party? And then that's when. Abby's going to say, no champagne for oh, me, yes. thanks. yes. Oh, maybe they are going to have an engagement party. Maybe that'll be next week. I'm, I'm, um, what, so the, the, whole, uh, the whole reveal thing then with the Bluetooth, we said we enjoyed that. Are you glad that it's come out now? Because I am definitely glad. I think I was even saying last week that I don't want this to linger on any longer than it has done. I mean, I know that it's not completely out in the open, but um, I think I'm glad that Kevin knows now and, and the pace is picking up a bit. I know, but the both, the pair of them, Imran yeah. and Avi, have both like, come out at some I point. had an affair with anyone except, you know what I mean? It's like, well, it's, I, I mean, I, it's obviously going to come out who this one night stand was actually with. I don't know whether Toya and Kevin are going to realise because Abby's at the moment saying, oh, we split up because of the drugs, but that's only going to last so long, I don't long, know why she it? said that as well. It's like, you dumb idiot. Why didn't you like, and why don't you just say what you told everybody else? Why are you telling two different stories? I, I, I get why she wouldn't want to say it. Was it, did Toya, did Toya suggest it was drugs why, and then Abby agreed? Or was why it the did Toya around? go around there right as well? She's like, she I'm really bored. I really like, she's like, I really I, like listening. When I used to be a counsellor, I was only in it for the gossip. And now I don't get any. <laughs> No, I think she's just being nice because, you know, they're kind of friends. I'm not used to this. I don't understand what that what that means. She just wanted to find out. Um, no, I, I kind of get that Abby doesn't want to say it's an affair or maybe she was caught on the back foot or something because she, she's been desperately wanting to hide this from Toya for like six months or so. And if Toya's come around saying what's going on, then your first natural reaction might be just to try and deflect the attention somewhere else. And maybe, you know, when she thought about it afterwards, she was like, oh yeah, maybe I should have kept with the same story. But maybe also well... she's hoping that Kevin's going to come back and she's going to be able to persuade him to to stick with her and not tell everybody about how I had a one night stand with somebody. What I'm confused about, I guess, is because 
Toya didn't say to, to um, Abby, what happened? No more secrets. Yeah, that would have made it a bit... Because then it would make sense yeah. why she lied. <laughs> I think, I think, um, I don't know how long Kevin's supposed to be away for. Week? Two weeks? How long do you need to go on a camping tour around the, around the country in this time of year? I don't know. Listen, one of my favourite things to watch at the moment, which I don't know if you listen to me telling you about how much I enjoy this, mm. is Korean people camping in the snow. Yeah, some of them have little camper vans and some of them have little cars and some of them have tents. Mm. And if they can do it in South Korea in the snow, I think Kevin can just about manage transing it around. It basically just comes down to how many pairs of pants he took with him. Because he can wear them inside out for a day. You've got to wear more than one. Well, yeah, that's true. He's going to go yeah. out there. He's going to realise he needs to wear more than one at once, isn't he? To keep his but Then you warm. can rotate them. <laughs> Aren't you? Back to front and inside out. Yeah. I don't know. So he's going to come back, and I, I assume then he's going to um, blab to somebody because I think Sally's the secret safe with Sally for a good while. She's going to be off the show. She, she, I mean, she doesn't know the truth. Only t- still, only Abby and yeah, but she knows that know. there was an affair. But I don't think that... But so does Kevin. Yeah, yeah, I know. But Sally's not going to be coming back now for two, three months. She's going to be away with Gina, isn't she? Because, I, I mean, I'm assuming okay. that Sally Denever hasn't been doing any filming. And if they're filming, well, I don't know, late March at the moment, surely the secret's going to come out before then. Because Kevin's going to come back and he's not going to say, oh, yeah, that's right, she did just find drugs. Unless he decides, oh, I don't want to... I, I want to spare her feelings. I don't want to shame her or anything. So I'll go along with that story. I don't believe that. So he's going to say, no, she had an affair with somebody. And then, I don't know... I, 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 it, we just need a scene of Kevin and Toya put, sort of having a chat about it together, don't we? And then they'll kind of put two and two together and realise, maybe... <sighs> But I hope, but again, I hope that it happens sooner rather than later because I just want it, I want it out in the open because it's very precarious at the moment, and I really, really, really want the man and Toya to stay together. And I, just, <laughs> I just need to know that their future is safe and secure. And by dragging it on and making us linger and keep us on the edge of our seats for all these weeks, it's not doing me any good. I reckon, I reckon they're going to string it out until Toya and Imran get married get have like a wedding day i really really do i really do but i think what's gonna happen is that they're gonna have a last minute cancellation so they will have quite a wedding quite soon well that that's handy for them as well because they're gonna want to adopt elsie elsie of the the back room sooner rather than later aren't they i thought she's always in her room that kid what's she up to when you said elsie of the back room it made it sound like it was like a 1976 com or something (laughs) i reference i didn't know anything about i was kind of i didn't know what i was referring to i think i was thinking of stella because people used to call stella price stella of the back room did they they? maybe it is a reference maybe maybe it was in my head yeah they're they're going to want to do whatever they can to um, precipitate the adoption of elsie before she um, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the, when... I don't know what happens if they don't adopt her. Does she just go back into the into the pool of other unfortunate kidlings for someone else to yeah? Push do out? You, is it like a big snub? If you're like, I don't want to adopt her. I'm just going to foster her. Yeah, I don't. Like, know. Do they go? Well, you're not having her then. <laughs> um, so that I guess, yeah, maybe... I guess you, you must get you get money for fostering, but you probably don't get anything for adopting. Yeah. So why would you adopt? I'm not adopting her. You give <laughs> me you money. you kid. You stupid idiots. <laughs> Do you think, Gemma, are we going to see Toya in this wedding dress then? Are you expecting this? 
I want it too much for it to come true. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I I wonder it as well. Like Kevin, he's you know fairly angry at the moment. He is fair, isn't he? He's and cross. I, and uh, his his anger may well subside during his holiday with Jack, but he's going to come right back again when he returns. So I wonder whether he's going to try and hunt Tez down. Hey, because you. That's, that's the easy way for him to find out, no, it wasn't Imran. Yeah, but because we all know. He just, goes, he just needs to go around the dog and gun and say, look, I want, I want a gun. Um, to shoot you with. Yeah, does, does anybody know where the local gun dealer is? Tez comes around and Kevin's like, you banged me bird. And he's like, no, I didn't. Yeah, and then Kevin says, no one would lie. The only banging that I'm interested in is, bang, bang, you're dead with my gun. Yeah. Or that Nan- Nancy Sinatra song. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, so... And then I guess Kevin would say, you're just saying this, you don't need yeah, to cover it up. Would. But he's like, no, literally. Abby's a dirty well, and, then he, and then he says, look, you're a criminal. Your word is your bond. I trust you. You would never lie. Uh, no. So I, I, I'm wondering whether it could come out I don't way. think Tez is going to come back in it. No, I think he is. I think he's out there. And, uh, I, yeah. Did, what, what did you think about um, Kevin's reaction? Because the internet seems to have really taken against Kevin this week. Really? Well, for just being so angry and the fact that, you know, they're saying, oh, Kevin, you're such a hypocrite. Remember Natalie Horrocks, remember Molly Dobbs, etc. Uh, I don't understand why people are so down on hypocrites. Everyone is a hypocrite. I refuse That's to believe. That's what I think. I refuse to believe there's a single person on earth who has not got mad at somebody for doing something they, they do themselves. Yeah. No, I agree. And and I, I think, you know, with, with Jack involved, with the kid involved, Kevin had every right to get angry at Abby for this revelation, even though he had said all oh, the past, the past. I don't think well, that he was Well, the thing is, it's counting... not the past for him, because he's just found out about it. That's the other thing. Yeah, If but it I... was like I had an affair and you knew about it, why are you mad now? No, well, he'd, he'd said that, you know, whatever's happened before the wedding, that doesn't matter anymore. But well, he was wasn't counting... That was a bit of a stupid thing. He to wasn't say. counting on this. But I think he's brought it. I think he's brought it on himself. I don't. Uh, uh, what was he supposed to do? Go. Oh, I'm really annoyed about this, but I did promise you that I wouldn't. I wouldn't count anything that I happened before the think... wedding. I don't want to go. I'm a man yeah, of my word. Yeah, now I've said it. Oh. And and yeah, there is Jack involved. So I I wonder whether I I thought it was an interesting move to have the magistrate or whoever defer the adoption for a month because what if um jack had been officially adopted by abby on the, by lunchtime on wednesday's episode and then the reveal comes out that that that's to me seems like it had been a more more interesting um, predicament in my own like i'm probably wrong and people who know more about this would probably have a better perspective so if you have an opinion on this do feel free to write in. But it just feels wrong to me that the adoptions would even go ahead given that you know Kevin's going to say, well, now you can't be his mum. Yeah. So you're saying because it's... The, because it's too... Um, he's, it's, he's, it's a good thing. It's he's a good so thing. quick to say, there's no, no way, actually. There's no way that Kevin's going to be like working out with Abby... Like, well, you were as good as his mum on, you know, we just don't have that bit of paper that we were trying to get. You're as good as his mum. Um, you would have got, he would have um, adopted him this week if it hadn't been for all the other stuff and the guy deferring. So I know you cheated on me and I hate your guts and I don't want to be around you, but let's work out a schedule for us both to look after Jack. There's no way he's going to do that. Mm. 
I wonder what he's told Jack. I can't remember whether we heard anything on when, on Wednesday's episode, but why does Jack Poor think Jack. that Abby's not gone with them? Poor Jack. He doesn't I, deserve these late. I suppose Jack does idiots. know that Abby's a bit of a flake, but yeah, no, he doesn't deserve them. He's only little, remember? I want to see it, but he's the only thing young. is... I, I, I know you can look, watch him and you think he's about 50 at this point, but he is only, what, 11 years old? 50? 50, 15, I don't know. I think that Jack... Jack would forgive her, and I think from that perspective, yeah. perhaps it you know would be a good thing. Will Kevin realise if Jack can forgive Abby, then so can I? I don't know. I'm very. I I just. I think I don't know. But still good, still good. Just the adoption thing is just boggling my head. Yeah. Because I think adoption is a brilliant thing, and more people should be encouraged to do it. Mm. I just wonder whether this is a really good... Is this a story that's going to make people go... And the other weird thing about this too is that there's two people having affairs and adopting children at the same time. What is going on here? Good point. Sorry, I was just drinking some tea. I wasn't ready. I didn't have an answer to my hypothetical question. What is going on here? But isn't this a... a, Like, Coronation... The curse of Coronation Street is. They can't do a story. They think... They think a story's good. They have to do it twice at the same time. (laughs) Why are there two adoption and affair storylines going on where these poor children are dependent on adults that they're relying on to keep it in their bloody pants. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that's not as bad. As the, the worst problem I've had with two things happening at once this week is having a character called Lydia and a character called Linda. And I mean, I'm scrolling up and down my notes and I'm putting things in the wrong, in the wrong paragraphs because I've got those, those names sound too similar. Okay, this was quite fun. I'm kind of glad that Kevin is out of the way because he is a bit of a weak link in this storyline. No offence, Kevin, but the other character's more yeah, interesting to me. Yeah, I don't care about their, their marriage the, being the, the problem up. that... I'm not particularly I'm looking forward. I'm not even that forward. worried about Jack. Oh, Sorry, Jack. Um, yeah, the, the thing I'm really not looking forward to now is the inevitable downward spiral from Abby because the writers love to put her in a situation where she gets all sad and upset and has to turn to drugs and, you know, does things that are terrible for her. And I like... I think that Sally Carmen, as you know, is a fantastic actress and she can do grief extremely well. But... I don't. I, I. I. just think it infuriates me a little bit when the character just is con- constantly circling this plug hole of despair. And this is the trouble about she, she's making it worse for herself. Mental health and addiction storylines. That to be true to them, you have to have relapses, and the characters continuously kind of tortured and tormented mm. by what they can't do but they want to. But. What worked well with the Peter story last year is that it really, really, really did seem that he was in the last chance alone, didn't he? And we'd seen him getting back on the wagon again, or falling off the wagon, I forget my method. Getting on, fixed, getting off. Getting off, getting on. Um, and and, like, what do you and it's like, one, one more drink and you'll die. But last year, because, I don't know, it just felt like he really, really meant it. He had a blanket and a jigsaw yeah. and everything. You and don't do a, that unless you're serious. And he had serious. a scruffy beard. And, and they yeah. had him... Yeah, you know, having the shakes and yeah, yeah. And, and and all that on the floor, and it's like, oh, okay, he is lower than he has ever been. Are we going to see Abby being lower than she's ever been, or is she just going to be on a kind of <laughs> as bad as she has ever been on a number of occasions? Then it'll it won't you know won't have the same impact then, because it'll be like, oh, she'll be she'll be a fine again soon. But I I really really hope that at some point in the future we're going to have a happy fun Abby story because I think she's become a victim of the the continual Corrie curse of find a great actress and just throw grief at her. So yes, she can play it, but come on, 
Abby is also lots of fun too. Don't forget that, Cory writers. Right, next up, Gemma, Adam, Sarah, Lydia. Right, this got interesting for me on Friday. Was that the same for anybody else? This story that we've been taking the mick out of for so long because it's so dull actually got quite fun today. But before Friday, Monday and Wednesday's episode, so Lydia and Sarah make up after Lydia's lateness last week and all that. And, um... She Lydia is not happy to see Sarah mooning over this ovulation app that she's got. Um, no one's happy about Sarah ovulating. Stop going on about your bit, Sarah. Don't nobody cares about your fallopian tubes or your what has the women have bulbs? <laughs> I don't know. How I these don't know like. what is happening. <laughs> or your ovaries, love. Stop going on about it. So Sarah finds Lydia upset in the office later, fake upset, of course, and she's still going on about this bloody fella that she's supposedly going out with, saying, oh, we just won't commit to me, I'm so lost. And you made a good point when we were watching this the other week about why is Sarah entertaining this? Why isn't she saying, you're going out with a married man? No, I think... Sorry, I'm not on your side here. No, I think that that's just me not being modern and progressive and accepting and and wonderful someone wants think, to have an affair with a married man and then you may just support them i think that that's them. the like prevailing opinion seems to be um it's none of, it's none of your business so you shouldn't get involved but i don't i, don't, I can't i wouldn't get involved but i'm not going to sit there and go tell me the gossip what was going well, on that's exactly what sarah, sarah did on wednesday like, doesn't deserves, she i'm sorry but she deserves i know this it wasn't even even happening but she deserves all the tears and the sadness that she gets at the end of the week because she was totally gave no craps about this other woman that Lydia was um, doing dirty mm. until she found out. Until that she it found was out, her. It was like, oh, oh no, it's not right when you do it to me, but doing <laughs> it to some random woman, I don't care about. Yeah, I, I look. Not everybody has the same set of morals and everything, but I just can't understand people that think it's harmless. And nobody's business or it's totally fine and it's not your problem to have an affair with Mm. somebody else. Yeah, no. I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. You've got... There's no reason to ever have a relationship with somebody Mm. if they're already in a relationship with someone else. Well, she she manages to stop going for the goss for a little bit because on Monday night at the end, Adam tells her, look, stop wasting your time thinking about Lydia. Concentrate on my little swimmers because this was the... um, This is the, the NS... FW scene of the week, wasn't oh. it? Sarah lounging around half naked on the <laughs> sofa. I don't think anybody was expecting that when the scene transitioned to their flat. It was like, whoa. I don't know what was going on in the ideas of people's... <laughs> I want to know what Tina O'Brien thought Listen, when she saw that in the script. She's a very beautiful woman and I'm sure lots of people enjoy... Totty or whatever. She's looking good for her age. We, we mean, to she's be not that, that old. She's our age. Tina O'Brien's 1983, like me. Character... Can you imagine me lying around on the sofa looking that good? No. No, I can't. <laughs> so if you got it, flaunt it maybe. But oh, a... okay. The character of Sarah is 33, isn't she? I can't remember. She's definitely... I looked it up. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah, because that's right. Tina O'Brien was born the same year as me, but the character is my sister's age. Well, I don't want to ever... Oh, God. I'm just a prude. I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not even going to say anything. Don't want to see. We all know, Gemma. Don't want to see people lying around in in with angling their hips so that sperm can reach their <laughs> their eggs. I'm not interested in ovulation. I don't care about. <laughs> I didn't mind it too much. 
I was I just I was just caught it. off guard a bit. But you made a good point in the Facebook group that if if you want to get pregnant on Soapland, all you have to do is sleep yeah. with somebody that you should she never just, ever just sleep with. Sleep with Imran. <laughs> yeah. And then she'll give you not right up. Exactly. Or Steve. Anyway, that was that was an interesting scene. And um, yeah, this is the one that ended with Adam saying, just stop going on about Lydia. Let her get on with her own problem. We have a couple of... Um, ex- if what? I was... Adam knows that Lydia is talking to Sarah about having an affair. Mm. If I was Adam, I'd say, and what did you say? And if Sarah was like, oh, I just told her, tell me everything about it. Isn't it dramatic and fun? I'd say, what, so you don't have a problem with people having affairs? Is that what you're saying? Unless it's me, clearly. Do you know what I mean? I'd be, I'd look sideways at anybody. He's She's like, double standards. That's I don't really. care. I know it's no, I know, I understand that it's nobody's business, but Lydia's making it Sarah's business and, and vice versa. Mm. I, it's one thing to say, look, I'm your friend. I really don't think this is a good idea. You're only going to get hurt. I don't care about this other woman, but I do care about you. But don't, so don't talk to me about it. And quite another thing. Sarah's like encouraging her most of the time and saying, "Oh, tell me, oh, I'm I'm sad. Tell me about your date last night with your married man." Mm. I suppose. And also, Sean and Sean and a few of the other factory girls are like going, "Oh, isn't it exciting? You're a bunch of degenerates." <laughs> I suppose. There's no morals left in this country. We, we've never had a friend who's been <laughs> in the similar situation of having an affair, as far as we know, have we? So. Um... Maybe we well, would be the same. Well, we have actually, and I told her exactly what I'm saying here. You, you're getting yourself in a dangerous situation, right. and you are gonna end up getting burned. And if he if does it to her, he'll do it to you. And guess what happened? Continue. Oh, to, oh, to remind me, we're talking about it later. Okay, so Wednesday, um, as episode set, Lydia tells um, no, Sarah tells Lydia, look, I I need to. Adam told me to keep my nose out of your love life, basically. So Lydia goes and has a bit of a fake cry in front of Sean. And he says, oh... And she says, oh, it's my bloke. He keeps on texting me and I don't know what to make of it all. What do I do, Sean? And, and now Sarah's not not listening to me. I need her as a sympathetic ear. And Sean says, look, I'm just going to pretend I found you crying in the box. And then she can go off and, and, and check on you. And then she'll be able to listen to your problems again. And that seems to work because Sarah... You know, two scenes later is already apologising to Lydia and saying, please do tell me all the goss. Tell me, you can talk to me about your fellow troubles whenever you like. No. No. So, um, meanwhile, over at the lawyer's this office... This is like, this what? is like having to listen to somebody cry. They've got a headache when you've watched them bang their head against a wall for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting any sympathy off of me for <laughs> I told you not to bang your head against the wall. And now look what's happened. You've got a nosebleed and one of your eyes has fallen out. Well, Gemma, you're I'm not, not even going to phone you an ambulance, to be honest. You're not a trained listener, Gemma. You don't understand these things. <laughs> there are people in the world who are built to be sympathetic and offer tea and sympathy and a, and a sofa to sit on and an ear that will listen. And then there's me. <laughs> you're not go, offering tea to anyone. You're come drinking back it all yourself. When you've sorted your life out. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Sarah sends Adam a Rick roll, which I found hilarious in response to his oh. NS. FW text or email, sorry, that he sent her earlier. I want to know what that is. <laughs> and that was very risky, wasn't it? Sending her on a work email. Risky. Risque. What did he say to her? Was it? It, was it a picture of him tossing his cable or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's going to get himself in trouble. Send pictures of you. Look, okay, I know, again, 
here I am. <laughs> Don't send Gemma, naked you've pictures. you've never sent me a naked picture of no. yourself on my work email address. I feel a bit like you don't actually love like, me. <laughs> what, why are you doing this now? You're in a soap. You're going to get um, blackmailed. Yeah, maybe that's Next all part you know. of getting um, getting the ovulation process going. Maybe it kind of jump starts you downstairs areas if you She's get like, these emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he, he gets his email from Sarah Lou, and then Imran comes in. And no, hang says, on, you haven't what? really explained this. What? Sarah what? What? gets a thing from Adam going, "Sexy package, do not open unless <laughs> you prepared for gross levels of." <laughs> Like also the other thing I just want to say, okay, maybe there was a time when this was acceptable when our mobile phones were a bit like the resolution wasn't as high. I don't need a high resolution picture of anyone's naked areas. Thank you very much. What's the point if it's not a high resolution? What so you can zoom right in and go, look at all that there's a block follicle there. When you got it on your Nokia thirty two ten, it was just you could put it down to your imagination. Get your mole checked out. Um yeah, so he sends her a picture of himself naked, probably. It's horrible. <laughs> I, there's some listeners that would love to be sent a picture of Sam Robinson I'm naked, really, I'm sure. I just think it takes all kinds. Good for you if you like that. Luckily for you, because there's loads of pictures like that on the internet. Um, then she Not she him, sends though. him back. You just Photoshop it. She sends, <laughs> she sends a thing back going, ooh, Thanks for the email. Check this out. Don't open it at work. And he does open it. And it's it's um, never going to no. give you up by Rick Astley, which is hilarious. <laughs> that was a great reference if we were 10 years ago. <laughs> no, I think, yeah. Okay. I think I guess that Sarah and Adam are of our generation that would get that. Kids today, they wouldn't understand I want to know that, what Sarah's they? Reddit account is and what kind of subreddit she goes on. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what's, what's the beginning? Bet- R slash wonky finger. <laughs> But you, Adam's always on um, our Scotland talking about Nicola Sturgeon. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so anyway, 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 Imran comes into the lawyer's office and says, look at all these terrible reviews that we've got on reviewyourlawyers.com. Everybody says that You're a we're Scottish a load of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, Adam says that, oh, it's just a racist one. It's called me a lying Scottish get. And Imran's like, um, <laughs> yeah, that's racist, is it? Hmm. Um, so anyway, Adam is convinced He's that like, this is Jeremy, Jeremy Barrymy doing this. This is and, work um, of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, oh, Abba, oh, no, oh my gosh, the cat is walking all over the she keyboard. She's just written, I don't know, she's okay. just written L, semicolon, three commas and a P. I don't know what that's uh, supposed to be. So I've, I've completely lost where I am now. Yeah, so he's not that Adam's um, dotty Adam's reputation on, onto on Barlow firm. Legal Services. And um and and Imran's like you got you got to sort yourself out with this, mate. So Sarah, meanwhile, is telling Lydia all about this trouble that Bremen is still causing, and Lydia can't help but smirk to hear this news because she knows it's really her. Back inside, what? How later. much effort is all of this? I oh, know she's got nothing I'm better vindictive. to do. Lydia needs to get a hobby. I'm vindictive and I hold grudges, but I can't be bothered with all this. Imagine if I had all this energy. I just feel really, really sorry for little Finn. Who, I know. He's not, like, he's mommy, not made an we... appearance for like two months now. Mommy Sorry, Mum, half... I'm just being evil. Mummy, it's half term. Can we go to the yeah, park? I know. No. Can you generate me some more hotmail addresses? Yeah, some parents like take half term week off to look after their kids. No. But she's like, I'm paying for him I to go all... to this half term club with, uh, with Joseph. Eat these raw oysters and shut up. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, 
Sarah is very curious about Lydia's text later, and she says, look, it's me bloke, he's trying to draw me into a conversation, but no, 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 Sarah, you can't read the messages. And then Adam comes in and says, oh, you're talking about yeah, Lydia's fancy piece, how dare you, I told, I told you not to talk to her about and, that. Yeah, but it's not even that, it's that he doesn't like them being friends. Everyone is awful in this storyline, isn't it? Like, <laughs> everyone's awful. Adam's not even that bothered. Sarah's like, let me see your, your dirty texts with this good bloke. <laughs> and just to be clear also, it's not even, it doesn't even matter to me whether she's this guy is married or not. Mm. It's not really about that. It's the fact that this guy is in a committed relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. with somebody. And I also want to say another thing. This, this podcast will often tease out of me very controversial <laughs> and uh, black and white opinions on things that I actually don't care about in real life and never would come across and is not a problem whatsoever. But because these kind of, this show confronts you with things that are like really, um, what's the word, overblown and yeah. exaggerated, it kind of makes your opinions the same way. That is, that is the mission statement of Coronation Street. I just Make don't you have want, opinions about I know, things. I know life happens. Maybe entertain you sometimes. And some people, you know, I can, you know, if you get caught or whatever, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm casting aspersions on their own personal life who's listening who might have been in a situation like this. This is a completely fictional situation. All these people are awful. Everything <laughs> that's happened here is terrible. And it's been written like that to make you, to elicit opinions. Yes. So if any listeners at home feel like sending sexy naked people don't send me pictures their, don't send them to us but you're perfectly welcome to send them to your significant others but again no matter what Gemma you, again I'm going to say to you it's not illegal but if, if something bad happens you can put it on yourself <laughs> that's all I'm saying yes um, right, so Lydia at the end of the episode is sitting outside the flat, <laughs> stalking them and trying to do texts via their Wi-Fi or whatever it is that she's getting up to. So I just still don't understand what's going on there. I understand the Bluetooth thing, but I don't know what she's doing with the Wi-Fi. Anyway, she gets interrupted by Adam leaving the flat in a mood with Sarah hot on his tail. Friday is when it all proper kicks off. Sarah starts the day by getting a phone call from Chariot Square Hotel and they found Adam's watch. But it's a woman's watch. Hmm, this what's is going the on least there? discreet hotel in Manchester. You'd have thought that, um, you used to tell me earlier, so you'd have thought that hotel staff would have been used to delicate situations like this with their clientele. Well, they say, we found, you, you found, um, good news, Miss, Mrs Barlow, the, the watch your husband lost, we found it. Oh, he'll be sad about that. Everyone's given too much information in this scene. He'll be sad about that because that's his dad's watch. You know, Mike Baldwin. And the lady's like, oh, madam, this isn't a man's watch. This is a lady's watch. Like, why is everybody telling each other all this, all your life story about where this watch came from? Because it helps the story. I know it does, but it's like, it was like, oh, he's so, he'd be so glad to hear about. I don't care, lady. I found a bloody watch. Where do you want me to put it? Don't tell me. (laughs) Up my bum. I've heard that <laughs> twice today. Well, you shouldn't. You should. Some of the things I found in that room, you wouldn't want back. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> Sarah is obviously not very happy to hear this news that um, her, her husband has, for some reason, got a, a, a lady's watch um, in his hotel room, and she, he, she she confronts Adam with this information. Not very happy about it, and he says, "Look, they've obviously got the wrong person. Nothing to worry about here." Because he, at the moment, is he completely... Knows it's not his. Well, yeah, he, he is not, he's not even trying to be sneaky and hiding it. He's no. like, I've got literally no idea what you're talking about, honest governor. Yeah. So, 
at work, Sarah over here is Lydia talking to Toya about a man again and all the dusty feelings about him. Even the... Toya's like. <laughs> I know. We've all been well, there. Your to- Toya, who herself has been recently cheated on. She like, was. Oh, tell me about the gossip. I love it. She was cheating on Dougie Gregman. What? Her husband. Oh, yeah. Doug Greg. Dougie Gregman. Yeah. She was cheating on on him they're all as bad as each other that's why you can't be too mad at kevin for being a hypocrite they've all done it they've all done it literally yes i think that um bessie street school needs to up their pshe lessons on um relationships it's not even like it's 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 like even in an ideal world you're still gonna end up getting hurt somewhere so Mm. why are you doing it yeah, exactly. Ugh. Anyway, Lydia checks to make sure that Sarah's listening in on this because, um, and it's just to, you know, make sure that she's making her feel bad about things. I try really hard to see everything from lots of different perspectives on the show, but some things I just like, I just don't, don't get No it. cheating. Maybe it's because no one has ever tried to have an affair with me. And maybe I take that personally. Yeah. Because what's wrong with me? What would Why you is say, somebody Gemma? trying to lure me off you? Yeah, no. I, I hope send that... me send me oysters, somebody. See what I do. That would be good. See if you can trap me by sending me presents. <laughs> Hopefully no one's I'll cheating on cash. us with talk of the street. Tell <gasps> you what, we'd be so mad. <laughs> They're great, honestly. Anyway, Sarah... Um, oh, Imran's still narky Adam as well. He's not back. He's saying, Adam, maybe you should not work here anymore because what? you're bringing yeah, your reputation into the gutter. I love that. If I, no, this like, business of yours. Yeah. He wants it to be happy legal services. I was it? offended by Adam saying earlier in the week, oh, it's just a review online. Nobody reads those. Uh, having all, uh, personally given a legal firm a very bad review. Oh, yes. Myself. We did, we? Our lovely lawyers from last year. What a bunch of Zero crooks. stars. They deserved it. Um, okay, so Sarah tells Lydia about the watch later and she's like, don't worry, hotels make mistakes all the time. Don't torture yourself and definitely don't go looking through Adam's receipts or anything, <laughs> which I thought was a great move because what do you know? Sarah goes right at home looking through all his bank statements and everything and this is where she finds some lingerie that's uh, some very expensive lingerie that he's alleged he's apparently bought as well as like some... Um, expensive hotel fees and everything. So. Well, this was really funny because Sarah's looking at his receipts and first of all, she says, oh, he spent £60 on a haircut. Can't wait, <laughs> yeah. can't wait to tell David about that. Yeah. And then she sees he spent £135 on lingerie and suddenly he's she's like, Adam's cheating on everybody in this family. He's cheating on David with his haircut. He's cheating on my business buying his pants somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I want to know. He's like, Adam, it's not about the sex. It's about the business, okay? I love how Adam spent £60 on a haircut. I didn't even know you could get men's haircuts for £60. <laughs> like, I have my haircut today, £13, and it's fine. Gemma says it looks much better, actually. Yeah? What do you do? For, what do you get for £60? You'll never know. He doesn't even have a little... A little quiffy poof, like like Gary. If somebody said that Gary spent, you know, forty pounds no. on like, getting his hair done up like that, I'd like, yeah, yeah maybe. But he's got, got he's a bit got of product like, in there. Shaved sides. Imagine if he had to spend forty quid every time he got his sides shaved. I got my sides shaved today. No, Gary, isn't he like baldy around the edges oh, yeah, and then quiffy on the top? <laughs> yeah, yes. Do you think that's what he does when he yeah. goes in? Baldy around the edges, please, how David. I, quiffy on the how top. How can I help you, sir? <laughs> oh, yes, the baldy quiff look. Very popular these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. And you just go in and go, excuse me, my hair. Cut hair's... it and trim it, please. 
can I have a wife special, please? And they're like, what's that? It's to shut my wife up. Just cut my hair enough that she'll shut up about it. I'd one day love to go and... I just imagine myself one day going to get a haircut and just doing anything other than just trim it and cut it. Can you, you can't. Imagine? What would it... What would it what... I don't know. Even at the very end where they say, would you like some product in your hair? Like, maybe one day I'll say yes. What would they do? I don't know, Michael. It's the whole you imagine me world. coming back from the from the barbers with something in my hair, product with a bit of gel or wax or Ooh, the thing that other mousse? men have. Yeah. Well, Die. you're talking to a woman who, in during since the pandemic started, has gleefully taken the opportunity to never go to the hairdresser ever again, and. You've been my hair hairstylist the last two times I had my hair cut, haven't you? I have. You just cut my plait off. off, sent it to charity. Yeah. Well, anyway, it seems like um, no, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say David's been cut off as the plait of Adam's hair routine or something. I don't know where I go with that. So I'll carry on with what, <laughs> what went on. I here. think if we worked at it, you'd get something. I but guess we haven't I haven't got, got time, time for, for that. Now. No, no, I've got a new game today. I really want to go back to play. So um, Lydia comes around the flat. Oh no, 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 no I'm back. Oh, sorry, I missed Sarah's a bit. Sarah's looking at the receipts. She's looking through the receipts. Then she phones back the hotel and is a bit confused about the charges on his account. And wasn't, wasn't his client, this, this crybaby client, supposed to be paying for the room and so on? And the woman checks Adam's account and says, oh, no, um, well, this, this is something else. And he bought house champagne and oysters. And Sarah, so Sarah goes, starts to put two and two together with He this. doesn't She's, even like oysters. He doesn't even like oysters. And the oysters. woman on the phone is like, again, madam. I don't This isn't my care. problem, madam. I'm not interested at all. <laughs> yes. So, um, see, this is when, this is when, like, I want to have more Debbie scenes in the, hot- in the hotel. Did you know, I was looking on Choropedia, um, I think it was this week, it might have been last week, Debbie's been in, like, three episodes since the beginning That's of January. That's not fair, is it? This is an insult. Come on, well, what's We don't know why she's Debbie? not in it, but... I hope that they're saving her up for some big stories this year, because... Ugh. Also, lack of Debbie. She could have brought the watch back to Sarah, couldn't she? She could have just said, Sarah, I was working at my hotel, found this watch, it's Adam's, here you go, love. Yeah, and then she could have said something off off the cuff like, he likes his oysters, doesn't he? Anyway, bye. And then the whole thing would have been resolved, we would have got Debbie in the scene, and we wouldn't have had a hotel receptionist who accepts phone calls from strange women and reads itemised bills from a man that might not even have anything to do with her. I did did enjoy the phone call. I thought that tonight's episode was great with the Sarah Lou stuff and I thought that the phone calls were quite funny and just it gave you a chance to see the, the realisation dawn on, on Sarah's face. I did and like... I still really, really rate Tina O'Brien as yeah, an yeah, actress. She was and great. today was a classic. She was good. She was really, really yeah, good yeah. today. I, I did really enjoy this like detective Sarah yeah. Sarah Barlow trying to work out like how how many crimes her husband's committed. And like she's like <laughs> But he doesn't wear women's watches. <laughs> and he doesn't eat oysters. None of this makes sense. And £60 for a haircut? Is he trying to impress with that? I've got to tell David he can charge more. <laughs> David's going to be like, bloody hell! I charged £15 off while I was ripping him off. Um, right, I'm lost again. So, um, Sarah puts the phone How down much on this £14 woman. £14? £13 for pounds 13, a haircut. That's an odd number. Yes, Literally. it is an odd number. Yep. Um, anyway, 
Adam's in the shop later. He's buying some wine for Sarah. Nothing really happens from that. Oh, no, he goes back with it later, doesn't he? Lydia comes round the flat. Had had Sarah invited Lydia around? Or was she just was she just snooping, sneaking around? Remember. I can't remember. It doesn't matter anyway, because Sarah asks her straight, "Are you having an affair with Adam?" And Lydia's like, "Oh yes, I'm so sorry. I thought I'd get out of my system, but I just couldn't help myself. Sorry, sorry." Both of us were just so in lust with each other. Yes, and Sarah is absolutely gutted at this. Obviously, Lydia says, "Oh, Adam just wouldn't give up on." on me he's like Rick Astley (laughs) (laughs) this is karma Sarah Sarah's reaction to this whole reveal was just to be like uber saki wasn't she she was like oh I suppose you couldn't just help yourself dropping your knickers and all this she was so funny Um, but I don't know I thought I I thought that she might be a bit more upset I was kind of she threatened to launch herself at her and slap her face I kind of would have liked to have seen that I would have just been um Outraged by the audacity of this woman to have been parading it in front of my nose yeah. all this time and making a mug out of me. Sarah was just more interested in making hilarious quips. Yeah, <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't think I. I think I would have just resorted to physical violence immediately and swearing, lots and lots. I of would swearing. have definitely swore sworn at her a few times and called her. Um, maybe I would have called her a strumpet. We didn't even get a bitch out of this. I know. Did we? Come on, Sarah Lou. And we know that she can be a bit of a feisty one. We've seen her having tussles on the on the sofa with David when they were little. She could anyway. Maybe that is still to come. If we if we get through this whole story and there isn't a cat fight between Sarah and Lydia, I will be disappointed. Now, normally people get mad um, at, at these kind of things where, and it seems like a, a bit of um, a normal reaction for the person who's been cheated on to get more mad at the cheater who cheated with their partner than the partner themselves yeah um now in this case i think sarah's got every right to be mad at both of them because lydia in a sense cheated on sarah too by pretending to be her friend yes while she's also unforgivable going on and on about this affair all the time i just i the gall of it (laughs) the gall of it (laughs) I can imagine you there as you're like Yuna Shaffles and Martha again. Oh, the very gall of it. I'm more of a Blanche myself, I think. <laughs> anyway, Adam comes in right at the right moment with his wine or champers or whatever it is that he's got. And Lydia says, Adam, the gigs that Sarah knows about our affair. Love this so much. It's so hilarious. <laughs> and Adam's reaction is not to go, well, what are you talking about? He just kind of stares because it's time for the advert break. And, we just need and everybody to... goes, so that's what it costs. That's what it looks like to get a sixty-pound haircut. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, when we return to Adam, he's got no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> he's just she's just confessing to this affair that he's got no knowledge of. And um, Sarah says, "Well, look at these bank statements, Adam. This is looking very incriminating for you, Milado." And um, Lydia says, "Oh, by the way, Adam, I'm ending it now." Um, this isn't, yeah, this isn't working, and Adam's just left with his head and reeling. Then what like, the hell have I was walking into? Can I, I go out and come back in again? We're not dating. What are you talking about? And and then um, Lydia says, "You always said that you would deny it if we ever got found out." <laughs> it's it's just hilarious. It was very funny. Um, Sarah tries to sling Adam out along with Lydia, but he stays around for a little bit and tries to convince her it's a load of baloney. Um, why why would I be trying to get you pregnant if I was having an affair? Yeah, um, men. A man has never done that before. No, and Sarah's like. I want to believe you, but this evidence really is quite damning. He says that he loves her. She's, she's like, like, but you don't like oysters, Adam. Explain that then. Yes, she orders him out. Um, I think the whole this whole thing is down to the Chariot Square Hotel. Why? Because mm. um, they told her on the phone what his 
what his order was, which is wrong. They phoned up and said, we found a, a woman's watch in your husband's room. And she said, um, oh God, that doesn't make any sense. And they didn't say, oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. I'll phone Adam on his personal mobile phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you were the receptionist and, and you phone up someone's wife and go, here's your watch. And they're like, I don't have a watch like that. You go, oh, I must have made a mistake. Um, could you ask Adam to phone me back immediately, please? <laughs> you know, wouldn't you, wouldn't you do, like... Yeah. And, and also, they let a random woman charge oysters and champagne to somebody else's room without even double-checking what, or getting her to sign a slip or anything, and then they just let her throw them in the bin. But they've got bad reviews on TripAdvisor as well. They need to... They need secur- security is bad. Yes, absolutely. So, Adam catches up with Lydia outside the Rovers later, and he's like, do you still fancy me or something? Why are you doing this to me? You've messed up my life. And she says, well, no, you messed up my life when we dated. And he's like, this is a million years ago. Rem- what? I barely I even... remember dating and you. I, th- I think that's the point, isn't it? She's like, this meant nothing to you, but it meant everything to me. I'm still in the back of my head thinking, are they going to go down the route somehow where this kid of hers, who's far too young, but never mind, is maybe Adam's? Well, I don't know. Well, is there anything that makes sense? She, because she was saying, he's going, what do you mean... How did I? M- it was a. It was nothing. It was, it was like less really... than nothing. This fling, but she's. She won't say, will she? She just says, "Well, it was important to me. Actually, I'm going to dismantle your life now, piece by piece, just like you did to me." Yes. And so he stalks her down the street and tries to grab her arm. Beat her up. Yeah, beat her up. Big, big, big mistake there. Come on, Adam. Don't grab a lady like that. And um, she's no lady. <laughs> but of course, who's there to watch? It's David, and um, he, he's. Um, and she makes this big thing about it, going, oh, don't hit me, Adam. Don't and do David's it again. And David's like, if you've, if you've had an affair, well, don't you take it out on, 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 on her, actually. Well, if you want a witness to somebody pretending to domestically abuse you, David's your man. Yes, indeed, indeed. So he phones up Sarah to tell her what he saw. Lydia comes round, all desperate again at the end of the episode. Oh, I'm really sorry, Sarah. Please forgive me. Sarah ends up throwing various um, items Here's around the kitchen. Here's some peanuts. No, I'm allergic. <laughs> that was funny. That was really funny because, like, Sarah throws a leak, and then she throws an alarm clock, and then she throws nuts. And the only ones that Lydia objects to is the peanuts on the basis that she's allergic. Gemma, she's just trying to spread a little peanut-shaped happiness. That's a David Platt thing, isn't it? Remember when he threw nuts at Dave, uh, Gail? It's it runs in the a, family. Something about a Platt that he just and makes peanuts. you want to throw peanuts Don't give at them somewhere. peanuts. They throw them at you. <laughs> anyway, um, Lydia goes and Sarah has a bit of a cry at the door. She has a bit of a collapse, doesn't she? Oh, it's all going wrong for me. And that's where we've limited. I want, yeah, I want a fight. So this was a lot of fun today. It this was... story that's been a bit silly and, and was... a bit draggy-on-y. It's now good. Oh, I always knew it was heading to something quite fun and dramatic. And I love this. Um, Sarah, like, being gaslit, but she doesn't know who's doing it. Like, she thinks it's Adam who's doing it, but it's actually Lydia. Yeah. I love it. Because, like, what if, you were, if you're if you Sarah, you really don't have any choice but to believe Lydia. Because why would anyone be that crazy? And also, how has all this evidence appeared? Like, how do you explain it? You really can't... You can't explain it. And Adam has no plausible explanation because he's been completely blindsided by all of this. Yeah, he's not, he's not like, able to... How can you say it wasn't me when you don't even know what happened? Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's great. And, um... It's very silly. It's very, um, hammy. Um, it is again... Um, I'm not, I'm not keen on the whole bunny boiler, aren't women mad... And, for blokes and I still thing. think that 
with other characters that I cared a little bit more about the relationship of, it could have hit better. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but there aren't that many relationships that are that. No, not not particularly. Curry. Not particularly. And if you're gonna do, if you're gonna like break up a relationship, you might as well do it in a kind of spectacular fashion, mm. like this. I just think that if I'm comparing like this to the Abby and Kevin reveal and then comparing it to the split between Fizz and Tyrone last year. That one, especially in that mega long scene that they had last year, that felt a whole lot more real and, you know, and raw and I cared about that so much more than I do about this. But for the for the drama, and you can't get much better than the projectile league, can you? So, um, oh, yeah, I thought it was great stuff. Now, um, I wonder, and you also thought this after I'd written it down, Adam, you really need to start recording conversations that you're having with Lydia. If he'd have got, if he'd have had his phone recording, yeah, she basically, said, she didn't outright admit it, but she, she basically said, yeah, this is punishment for what you've done to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she's never going to do that again. And it could have, it would just, uh, might have been more interesting if she had just played dumb. Yeah. But I guess the audience needs to hear her remind everybody that she does have a motive, mm. even though this motive I still feel is very, very shaky. And I don't know, it would have would have been a lot more powerful if they have been able to do this story with a character that already existed in the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like I, like I, exactly what happened with Tracy and Charlie Stubbs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That would have been better, but oh well. I, I, I think he still might try and record her at some point because he's not going to give up on this. His whole life has just been brought crashing down and he's not going to say, well, I tried her once... Don't know what I'll go. I'm out of options. I'm out of now. options. So if I was him, that's what I would maybe do. Try and do a but bit of sneaky recording. I'd also try and get Mr. Crybaby to back me up and say, We didn't have oysters that night. There was nobody else there. Did I give any um clue at all that I had another woman just waiting for me in the hotel? I, I think he might be able to back him up, maybe. Mm. Um and also, my other thing about this is I've got a prediction here. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I told you this earlier, but pretend I didn't and just react as if I didn't. Okay. Because I don't, I don't make predictions on the podcast very much. Usually, I just say, "Well, it's obvious what's going to happen." And then, then it doesn't. Then it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> but, but right, if what I reckon is, is going to happen, Lydia's next stage on this is going to be to say that she's pregnant <gasps> from her affair with Adam, and she's going to get some fabricated pregnancy tests or something like that. Yeah. But then. And this goes back to a theory that people had a couple of months ago in this story. We're going to find out that actually Adam is firing blanks. And <gasps> he's he's not fertile. And maybe that is how Lydia's going to get caught out. By saying, Adam got me pregnant. And then he says, ha ha, see, it tells, uh, this piece of paper tells me that I can't get anyone pregnant. And then, then. that's going to get, that's how she's going to get caught out. Maybe. That's a good idea, that would isn't be, it? That would be quite Could a fun happen? twist. Yeah, and then it's And then that's a good twist because... That's her own lies becoming her undoing, isn't it? Yes. Because they're, they're going to be fine at the end of this, aren't they? I've got no worries at all about the future of Adam and Sarah. Really? Gonna... I, I don't care either way. I don't, I, don't, I don't say I care. I don't I don't care whether they split up or not. I mean, I, there's nobody that at the moment that I'm thinking, oh, Adam would be so much better if the, he was paired up with so-and-so or the same with Sarah. I don't particularly care about their relationship. But I think eventually she's going to get caught out. I, I hope that they... Now that now that she's properly been outed as a villain, I hope that they really, really go down the proper bunny boiler. I mean, I'm hearing all this stuff about uh, Mina off Emmerdale at the moment, where she's like full on psycho villainess. I do like. I I want to see Lydia go down that route people. now. 
just just for a little bit not like it doesn't need to be a six month runner or anything just let us have an exciting explosion around easter time or something and then we'll say no more um so lydia is setting up these fake phone conversations text message conversations between her and adam on these two phones Mm. um do you reckon sarah might might twig immediately that they're not real by saying no, because Adam doesn't send te- sexy text messages. He just sends me a picture of his penis. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So I don't believe this. These aren't real. I don't know. She, that, she's, that's probably going to come out next week, isn't it? I see. I want to know what's going to happen. Like, is Lydia going to turn up at work on Monday morning? Yeah, and probably um, Sarah will be like, what are you doing here? Get out. She'll be like, that's not fair. He's, he came on to me. I tried to end it with him so many times, Sarah, you know. The thing is, Lydia did herself no favours, but all the time she's talking about this bloke and saying about um, her them running around together and everything, mm. she she didn't really say anything about how sympathetic she was to the to the woman. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I just think the whole thing's mad. I think that I think that maybe Lydia will turn up at work on Monday. Sarah's going to kick off and say, "What are you even doing here?" Lydia will quite rightly say, "Well, you can't actually sack you can't me, find for, me this. for this." Then she'll probably go enough and have a cry because she's already got the sympathies of Sean, hasn't she? I don't think there's anybody else that particularly sympathises with her. But Beth never sympathises. I just want to point anyone, something but... else out. Actually, she could fire her because we do have very strong labour laws in this country, and after two years, you can't really fire somebody for very much but before the two years are up you can be fired for almost any reason really as long as it's not discrimination and being a skank (laughs) is not a protected category she um yeah so i i think that she might try and get sean to be her um her buddy maybe even toya although is toya getting to side with somebody who's been having an affair i don't know sean hasn't sean hasn't anyway isn't sean 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 has not got the greatest morals, but he's loyal to his friends. And I think he would say, I don't think that you can expect Sarah to trust you or want to work with you after you rubbed it in her nose for weeks on end that you're having an affair with her husband. I don't know. I don't know. I think that... I I think he's a bit of a softie. I think he would... A softie? What... Yeah, but there's there's another person to be sympathetic to in this situation, and it's Sarah. She's Maybe, the but I, I just think that what we saw from between her, between those two, between Lydia and Sean this week, might be setting up an alliance for for next week for her. Possibly. Anyway, just to remind everybody, because we we might be losing sight of this ourselves a little bit. Adam and Lydia are not having an affair in real life. It's fine. No, she's just pretending because she's mad. Mm. It. I mean, I I wonder whether um. The news of this affair, what what the effect that's going to have on Imran because of Adam working with him, and um, and he's obviously uh, trying to hide Hopefully, his own one night stand. Adam or... will say something to Imran along the lines of, "I would never do that to my wife. You'd have to be a disgusting animal to cheat on somebody <laughs> who you love with all your heart." Don't mention Carla. Don't bring up any other things. <laughs> ne- next question. Right, Gemma, I'm going to pass back to you. The next person who's going to be giving bad reviews to Barlow Solicitors Limited is Sarah Barlow herself. Pass on over to you now, Gemma. The Portuguese Nana War. (laughs) What? I was uh, another option for the storyline was going to be the Portuguese Tug of War because they're trying to. Nana War is funny because it's Nana. Yeah, rather than Mana. Yeah, because they're tugging between Joseph and Chesney and 
fucking laugh. Right, what go on. What they need to do is what you do with a dog. The classic run they, to the one you they love. They pretty much did do that this week, didn't they? I can't well, remember whether it was Monday or Wednesday. It was run to the love you want, run to the one you love interspersed with I'm going to slag the other person off to you and mm. hope that you don't realise what I'm doing. Yes. Right, go. On Monday, Linda offers to pay for Joseph to go to Holiday Club and Bernie's not happy about it and tells Gemma that Lydia gets right up her hooter and she's not jealous about her, she just doesn't like her lording it over everybody else and Gemma says, you need to play nice with her or else. Uh, that reminded me, another option for the storyline title for this was something along the lines of Money Linda because it sounds like Money Lender. She's not lending anyone money though, she's giving it. Wow, good job we didn't go with that then, innit? It is a bit. Um, Lydia and Joseph get back later and he finds out that um, he's lost his bedroom because two of the quads have got a tummy bug and they need to be quarantined and something or other and so he has to sleep on the floor and then <laughs> he gets a sofa at least oh yeah he's to sleep on the sofa you have written Lydia all over the place haven't you oh yeah look I've written Lydia see I can't Linda, Linda. offers to take Joseph back to the hotel to stay with her and Bernie's seething, even though she kind of admits it, uh, lets, it lets it happen. Then later on, uh, Cleo Thank has... you for the pronunciation there. Do it one more time. Cleo. 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 Um, has sticked up all over Joseph's jeans and he doesn't know what he's going to wear to the hotel. Linda takes him to the cafe and starts asking him about how much he remembers his mum and living in um, Portugal. Bernie is behind the counter serving. She's getting a little sarcastic. Fizz comes in and Linda wastes no time letting her know what a bad Sorry, influence. I've just written Lydia all over this. If I say Lin- Lydia, everybody. I, it's my fault and she No, it's not. Linda. No, I could have just said it wrong anyway because I say the wrong names all the time. Um, Fizz comes in. Just testing you. And Linda starts telling her what bad influence hope has been on joseph and fizz get really gets really mad and tells her that joseph stole money out of her purse the other week and says people in glass houses should keep their big gobs shut which i think That's is the absolutely goes. right they go home later and linda asks chesney about the purse thieving incident and he's like kids just kids um and she says look if there's if you think that's normal behavior then there's something wrong going on here because thieving is wrong and there's no doubt it's... Portuguese granny... children don't steal. No, they don't. They eat custard tarts and they play nicely. Well, they made a reference to Portuguese custard tarts this week, Oh, she they? goes, oh, oh... We love a good custard Portuguese custard oh, tart in, in this Portugal, house. Oh, in Portugal, we eat custard tart, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, shut up. We know. You get them from Lidl. Have we still got a box of them in the freezer Yeah, we do. <gasps> love them. Um, we've been getting those from Nando's for like a decade, Linda. You're not special. They're much better than English egg custard tarts, aren't they? Because I don't like them with Shut a Shut up, that's what Linda top. was saying. You've got, you got to defend your country's honour no, here. No, Portuguese all the way. Sometimes I like just a plain old English custard tart, though, because it's nice and refreshing, especially when they're nicely cold from the fridge. <laughs> I like don't it. Don't like the nutmeg, particularly. Whoa. Don't like nutmeg. I'd rather not. <sighs> rather not. Okay, so um, Linda puts her cards on the table and says, Joseph should come to Portugal to live with me. And Chesney's like, no way. And Linda says, look, I know it's going to be hard, but this could be a fresh new start for Joseph. He's changed so much since he used to live with me and Katie. He'd be so happy. Um, And I'm rich and stuff. And I've got a pool. (laughs) And Chesney's like, no, he's not going to live anywhere else. I'm his dad. He's living with me. And Gemma's listening at the top of the stairs. Then Bernie and Linda have a showdown in, in the street, which Chesney has to break up 
and um, Linda's doing all the whole come to the one you love and Chesney's like um, I think Benny's like get him inside before he runs off to <laughs> Nana Linda. Money Linda Chesney takes Lydia to the cafe and Linda she... Linda <laughs> <laughs> um, she says let Joseph I didn't even realise I've done this so much let Joseph choose and Chesney says no you're not coming over anymore that's the end of it back home Joseph overhears Gemma saying that she's worried about him as well and that he would have a lovely life in, in Portugal and she can see it from Linda's point of view but maybe we, well, we can ju- we can make him happy here. We just need to work a bit harder. And Joseph doesn't hear that but he just hears that he should go and live with his, his nan. Um, Gemma tries to explain this to Joseph later but the message he's taking away is that Portugal is better than here. Um. Chesney finds Joseph in a strop on the sofa and um, Chesney says to to him that Linda should not have ever suggested that he goes to live with to, in Portugal with her. But, and this is his house and it always will be, but Joseph says he wants to live with Grandma Linda. Wednesday. Yes. Come Chaos on. in the kitchen. Chesney tries to talk yeah. to Joseph about what he said last night. And he says, um, look, give us another chance. We'll find a way to pay for all this stuff that you want. I'm sorry we haven't done a good job. And Joseph's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then he sits down and he's obviously sad about how sad his orphan life is. Linda comes and finds Gemma in the pub later and she goes on about, oh, it must be really hard having four four biological kids. And Gemma's like, actually, I have five. Well, she says four kids and then Gemma says, actually, I have five. And then just like, oh, sorry, I meant biological kids. I meant kids. biological kids. Joseph's not really yours, is he? He's mine. Um, and He's got the Armstrong blood in him. Gemma accidentally blurts out that Joseph wants to go and live with her. So, so hang on, Linda was Owen's wife. Um, well, he definitely I, had kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine Owen and Linda? <laughs> He's a man's man, isn't he? I cannot imagine it, ever. No. She looks like this sort of woman who, like, marries a solicitor and then bakes pies all day long. Takes all sorts, Gemma. Different strokes for different folks, is what I say. It takes a world to make a world. That's what I always say. Bernie goes to Dev and she wants to draw a line under their dispute and agrees to come to work for an extra pound an hour, which is a heck of a pay rise. Mm. Izzy gets a little cameo on the phone telling... Linda not to take Joseph to Portugal because it's too much for her. I thought that was lovely. It was I'm, nice. I'm to see very glad Izzy. that we had Izzy back again. She was on the she was on it the FaceTime. Yeah, it was it would have been very odd to have had her mum back on the program for her not to make a little cameo. Um I don't know whether this is kind of the beginning of another little spate of Izzy appearances or or what because I I still don't know. We we, we don't know the the, the status of of Cheryl's um Well she can record if she's, I don't know what her health is like. No, but no, if she's no, healthy, no. she can record things, and it'd be nice. It, it was really, really nice. It was a nice um, little surprise appearance. Again, I'm still waiting for more Fergus. Um, yeah, I, I, it just makes me wonder. Like, was was there were they ever going to try and put Fergus and uh, yeah, is he and Izzy together? Oh no, I want to know whether he's going to put them together. And and she's just just waiting for for Shirley to be able to come back to work properly. I don't know, but yes, yeah, very nice to see her. Bernie and Linda have another to do in the pub and Linda hammers home again her idea that because Joseph is her flesh and blood, not Bernie's, she has more right to decide what to do 
with him and then she goes off with Dev. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting all this week, the kind of undertone of the theme of this story is children and who is a family and who isn't because you've got Elsie being adopted, you've got mm. um, Jack. Jack being adopted, you've got um, Joseph and, you know, is he being looked after? Does Gemma, is Gemma love him? Gemma and Bernie, can they ever possibly love him as much as their own, you know, and yeah. Tinder saying there's definitely something in in the fact that he's my flesh and blood and also probably the idea that that's all she's got left of Katie in the yeah. world and Ooh. it is very interesting to me, I think, I find it very interesting. On Friday... Chesney goes on moaning about Linda when Joseph says, can I go and have the day of Granny Linda? And he storms off. Gemma comes home later and tells Chesney that they can't stop Joseph from seeing Linda and it's not his fault. Poor, poor Joseph. So Chesney takes Joseph to meet Linda in the cafe and she says, I'd love to spend more time with you, um, but you moving to Portugal is down to your dad, not me. And then Joseph mopes around um, and, and says that Chesney and Gemma never have time for him. And she's obviously very sympathetic. And Well, she's doing it on purpose. Like, oh, yes, your situation here is really dreadful, isn't well, it? Oh, it's so sad. It would, Chesney, would be with me in Portugal. Chesney tells Joseph that at some point Linda's going to go off him and she's not going to have time for him. And then Linda does the same kind of thing to Joseph about about Chesney saying oh yeah your parents you know they don't have time for you I would have time for you so both Chesney and Linda are, are absolutely dire assholes using this poor child and poisoning the other person and they're, they're not they're not doing it in reaction to the other one doing it because neither of them know that they're having these private conversations and telling Joseph this that and the other thing mm. this poor boy is so confused because now he probably doesn't feel like he can trust anybody no because he's just waiting for him to be abandoned. Yeah, so tragic. I feel really, really bad for this poor kid. Yeah, and it certainly the story works well for for Joseph as a character because he is a very um, orphan Oliver kind of yeah. looking lad, he's got isn't great he? Cheekbones. Yeah, I think I was like, I can't. I don't know where Linda gets off with this this week, really, because why? Why does she think that she has the right to? just come in and swoop in and take Joseph away. Did you really think that Chesney was just going to roll over and say, oh yeah, actually, that is a good idea. We have got quite a few kids under this roof at the moment. Please do take one off our hands. I don't know what... I don't think she's being very unreasonable here because she's like come into this chaos and said, look, I can help you. I can give this kid Taking a better a life. Taking a child away from their parents. But they're not spending any time with this poor kid and he feels guilty for every penny that gets spent on him and he's not thriving i don't i don't agree that linda has a right to take him if his parents don't want him to go but i certainly understand her offering and i don't think it's that weird like in human history it was far more common for people to send kids off to relatives when yeah. the house got overwhelmed, I think that he it's kind of... can't uproot the lad. He's got his friends over here. And I guess he's got They've some friends... They've already uprooted him by having four babies with no plans to be able to how, how to pay for him. I just think that Linda's been... I, I don't agree with her that, that he's going to move over to Portugal and everything will be fine and he'll get no, back with his think. old friends from... What, how long has he been on the show now? Two, three, four years? I can't remember. I bet he can't As remember he, a word of Portuguese He can't remember Portuguese any Portuguese, anymore. exactly. He's just going to be a total fish out of water and completely on his own 
alone there with this granny that, yeah, he used to live with for a decent chunk of his early years. Um, no, he's much better off here with his with with Chesney and Jack. I think it's a toss up as to where he's better off. And he's got his mates like. Yeah. What, the Jack. ones that pick on him at school? <laughs> He's been bullied at school. Hope. He don't have two pennies to rub together. He doesn't even have his own bedroom anymore. They tr- they're they trying their best, but they, they're not doing a very good him, job. They're putting him in a different education system. Mm. Where uh, I don't know whether he went to an international school over in Portugal, but all of his English that he's probably getting a lot better at now is going to count for nothing over there. I think it's... Oh, no, I, I do not think it's at all for the best for him if he goes There's back over there. Oh, there is a swimming pool, There's yeah. A pool. And true. also, they have Portuguese custard tarts, and they don't even call them Portuguese <laughs> custard tarts. They, they just call, call them custard, custard tarts. tarts. <laughs> um... So I think if Chesney or Gemma ever do back down, which they may well do next week, the way this is going, and say, oh, actually, yeah, that's fine. Can you take him off our hands, please? I'd be very disappointed in them. Because, you know, it's an easy fix to say, God, I'm really struggling with all these kids at the moment. Yeah, maybe it is nice. But poor Joseph is going to feel like his parents are disowning him. No, because he wants to go and live there. I think they should say, you can go there. This summer, you can go and live with, with Granny Linda for the whole summer and you can decide if you like it. Trial period. Or like every holiday, he goes and stays there. Kids don't know what they want. I know if you were don't. to say to somebody, oh, would you want to go and live in Disney World or whatever, obviously they'd say yes. But can once I, you get there, then you're you? a little bit sick of Mickey Mouse after a week. Nobody knows what they want. That's why we voted for Brexit. <laughs> no, I, I just... No, I think, that, I think that Chesney needs to put his foot down and say... Thanks for the offer, Linda, but sod off. Go back to Portugal. Why don't you give us money? And and, and is, did, was it Izzy that said to her, look, why don't you just move over to Weatherfield? And she's like, oh, no, I've got my business. Well, what if you business? think if your family is so important, that's more important than your business back in Portugal. I'm sure it's been doing fine without you for the past two weeks. You can do it all remotely. Why just bloody retire? Yeah. Granny Linda. So, yeah, I am, I'm definitely on uh, Chesney's side here. I... I I can't be mad at Linda for coming into what she's seen and saying I would really prefer my daughter's only son to have a better life. If it was a case of, um, you know, neither Chesney nor Gemma were blood related to Joseph, she might have a bit more of a leg to stand on. She but... doesn't have a leg to stand on at all because she's the grandmother and grandmother's in in law in this country have no rights unfortunately yeah Yeah. um i it's it's interesting how that i would thought you would have loved the opportunity to get rid of one of these superfluous children (laughs) i i would i think chesney should turn around and say look linda we're not you're not having joseph because he's he's cute and he's bringing in the viewers but you can have these four useless little toddlers well exactly i don't think that coronation street are going to be in any hurry in getting in about getting rid of young master flanagan there because especially with with um what's her face playing um hope as well they come as a pair so i'm that, that's the other thing that i've got in mind well even if he does go he's not going to be there for a bit because they want to keep him on the cast how would you feel though if you walked into this and you're, you had a, you know, a relative and you could see, like, you go, you go home to your villa with a pool and, like, all your spare bedrooms and your fancy giant fridge full of custard tarts. And then you go, <laughs> you go and see this pokey they, little... They do eat other things in Portugal, like Nando's. They eat Nando's, yeah. 
<laughs> you know that's from South Africa. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, you come into this little house and there's three adults, five children in a te- three-bedroom terrace house. I don't even know where they all sleep. No. And then, you know, he's only got one pair of jeans and the kid's been sick on them. He doesn't get any attention. It's nobody's fault. And I would imagine if you speak to lots of children who were raised in a similar chaotic and kind of poverty-stricken family, even though they would have suffered from not having that much attention or money, they would still say, I'd rather we were together than separated. Yeah. yeah, Definitely. But if I was Linda, I can definitely see why I'd be like, look, Mm. why don't I just take him with me? Yeah. Now, before we move on, Gemma, would you like to say anything about some um, superb camera work slash direction on Monday's episode with that yeah, Chesney and uh, Linda scene? Because I didn't notice this. I can't remember what I said. You said it was great. You said there was the bit where there was Chesney and Linda speaking to each other and it they looked like talking, they were in a little frame And it was them. being... Um, the camera was, like, behind some parts of the set so that there was, like, curtains or, like, bits of furniture framing them. Um, so that it looked like they were distanced even more from each other and they weren't listening to each other properly. Yeah. Nicely done, nicely done. I would also like to say geocaching, it's fun. Well, again, this was another, this is like a Rick Rowling thing where it's like, this would be good and relevant 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I, 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 is geocaching uh, back though? Because we used to love doing geocaching. Yeah, and then they made the and app. Then, it, yeah, you they, had to pay for it. You used to be able to do geocaching for free. It was brilliant. We used to go around the New Forest and find all little boxes of tap, didn't we? I remember me, my mum and dad pacing up and down this random street in Winchester trying to find... Um, we still never found it. Oh yeah, I think I remember this. And just looking like we were doing a drug deal or something. <laughs> but I think at that point everyone knew what geocaching was and they knew what we were doing. It was so much fun, and I don't really like going out walking, but I enjoy geocaching. You don't like walking? Not particularly. But I, uh, geocaching was fun. It's like a little treasure hunt in the street, wasn't it? So um, yeah, nice, nice little shout well, out. We don't there, need geocaching anymore. We've got Pokemon Go and. Pikmin Pikmin Bloom. Bloom. True. Right, Gemma, are you hungry for some beef and red wine stew? Because that storyline <laughs> is coming up next. Do you mean beef bourguignon? Yes. Right, here's Abby to do a little purring into the microphone as well. Yes. So, this is an odd story. It's like, is this going somewhere at the beginning of the week? But I actually like spread over the three whole days and it seemed like massive filler, didn't it? But I thought it was quite fun. Stew on Monday gets 30p an hour pay raise. Yeah. Now, don't let... <laughs> Don't yeah. let him know what Bernie's got. I know he's going to want that Japan, isn't he? Yeah. So um, he wants to do something to say thank and you I, to Yasmin. I don't want to be rude, but I think that Stu's job is more skilled and more integral <laughs> to the success of a restaurant as he's the chef. Yeah. Than Bernie, who slaps your change on a on the counter and tells you to get out. <laughs> um, he wants to start paying rent for uh, for Yasmin, and um, she agrees to fifty pounds a week um, because he kind of. Guilts her into it. Well, no, that's not really the right word. He 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 begs to bail to pay her, doesn't he? Because he's such a nice guy. This just feels very. Um, this is what is what's it? A very insular money system here. Well, because Jasmine Yasmine goes, here's your money, and she goes, here's your rent. You might as well just like 
Mm. knock the middleman out <laughs> yeah well you know you know what's going on at the uh, speed dial with all their money laundering that there's been recently it's a little dodgy That's there isn't it? where's what's going on with Zidane and Alia today, at like, the where's Zidane where's Alia I don't really want to know the no, answer to that question know. and I think we've um, we've where's... summoned them now by mentioning them so be prepared for wall to wall Zidane and Alia next week and totally where's Ryan them. yeah I don't know I don't where's know. Yasmin's just running the whole place herself anyway so, Stu goes into the Rovers lair with his jaunty cap on. Where's Mary? And he's, he's going to spend some of his hard-earned wages. Shut up. And he ends up getting some of Tracy's bitchiness. I can't remember what she says, but she basically tears him a new one. This would have been important takes because... Takes the rip out of him for being homeless. This is like the the genesis of the whole week's... Yeah. Um, action, and we don't know what it was that she said. She's just being an ass to him, wasn't she? She's being like, horrible to you're... him for being a recently... Um, you are tempor- you were temporarily unhomed. Yes, and now you're homed. But I'm still gonna make fun of you. Um and that's basically Tracy she says, Oi, food banks, what are you up Jenny's to? Jenny's there saying, like Look, that. don't rise to it. Um, uh, but he gets a bit tipsy and on the way home from the pub he steals a box of wine that Tracy or no that Ken has had delivered to him for not Tracy. Just, not just any to do box some of wine. Wine tasting. It's fancy wine. It's a it's a wine tasting course in a box. Yes. So he's they've got some late night delivery going on in Weatherfield and um, well, also you you're not allowed to leave. You have to have um, if you deliver alcohol, you have to have a signature. Never mind that; it's different not in, in Weatherfield. Weatherfield. The the law works differently. So he's got Tracy's wine basically, and he puts his plan into action on Wednesday, which involves buying a load of cheap dodgy wine off a of dev that no, he doesn't want. This wasn't his plan. He just saw the wine and stole it to get her back. Yeah. But then he hatches a plan on Wednesday when he yes. sees Dev. Cheap box of wine. Yes. And he says, I'll take the whole lot off your hands, it's fine. Um, and then Yasmin catches Stu later on trying to steam the labels off these bottles. Um, and he lies and he says, I'm just trying to make them into candle holders. And she's like, oh yeah, fine, that's fair enough to me. Although at first she says, we don't even sell wine here, remember? And, he's, and then she's like, oh, go for it, whatever. Um, so later on, and Stu... So again, now he, he's bought... He's bought the wine to swap with Tracy. Yes. Now he's got to buy more wine for fake candle holders. Yeah, I know. What's he going to do about that, this I wonder? This little That'll prank change my mind. has cost Stu more money than I'd ever spend on Tracy Yeah, already. but he did it for the lols, Gemma. I don't... And I you don't. can't put a price on that when you're a cheeky, chappy, homeless guy. He's not homeless. So he puts the swap wine back outside number one... Mary says, brilliant, thank you very much, I'll take it to Tracy. So later on, they're on their wine tasting evening, and that's Mary, Tracy and Steve. Steve's a bit disappointed it's not a booze up. Um, yeah, because they have to take notes and give scores, and yes. they're supposed to spit it in a bucket. Yes. Um, then Stu gets Yasmina brazier, and she thinks she's saying brazier, and that was a bit weird. But they'll basically, Stu and Yasmin end up having a nice sit around the fire later, and Yasmin says... Um, I think it's... The wine's lovely, thanks very much. I thought this was quite funny because Stu, um, he's like, I'm going to get you a brazier. brazier. He did say it in a strange way, didn't he? He definitely was told to say it so that you don't know what he's just said. Yeah. But he's also, he gets it so that um, Yasmin and um, he can enjoy sitting outside. Mm. What's the point of having a house if you're going to sit outside with a bin on fire? You could have done that when you were homeless, Stu. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's just giving her a taste of his culture. He's like, this is what it was like. Do you like it? We also used to drink wine as well. <laughs> so they have a lovely wine tasting time. But meanwhile, Mary and Steve are tasting the horrible cheap wine and yes. saying it tastes like paint stripper. And Steve spits it out, which is grim. And um, Tracy tells Mary to get out and Steve goes with her. Yeah, he, she gets mad. And I want to point something out here. Do it. This is supposed to be a wine tasting ex. Uh, um, exercise and Experience. they're supposed to be taking notes and looking at what the top notes are and everything and not one of them noticed that every bottle was the same bottle of wine no I know it makes sense even, it? It, even I'm pretty sure on the table I saw some white wine bottles there what, did they wonder why they were red <laughs> um, Friday then <laughs> Tracy is having a bit of a wine herself to the people on the other end of the phone it's a wine tour <laughs> yes. get it wine yes I get it um, and over at Speed Dial, Yasmin's telling Stu about how great that wine last night was. Thank you very much. And um, I want to go to Dev's and buy some more before I all get snatched away. And he's like, oh, well, you know, maybe I wasn't being completely truthful about this, Yazzie. Um, which, if that didn't make her skin crawl because of uh, the uh, reminder of Jeff, I don't know what would. Uh, he says, I thought it was Tracy that called her Yazzie. Oh, yes. Tracy does call her Yazzie. That's right. That's right. But yeah, Jeff did call her that. He says, I lied about it. Yeah, he says, I lied about it. He tells her everything, basically. And she's like, oh, you conned both of us. How could you? You're just as bad as I was mad about this because I said to you earlier in the week, when they were drinking the wine, there's literally no reason for him to lie to Yasmin about this because she hates Tracy so much. I know. That she'd take any opportunity. But he doesn't know that she hates Tracy. Maybe if he had, he would have said. Even when she... When she finds this out, she takes the high road and she gets all... She gets all haughty about it. She does. Yeah. So, Stu goes back round to number one with a box of wine, the real nice tasty wine later, and an apology. And he says, look, sorry about this. It's just a practical joke. Promise to pay Tracy back. And Steve says, oh, don't worry about it. Ken's not had to pay for it anyway now after Tracy's had a an irate phone call to the um to the wine people. Come in for a booze up. And Stu says, I will, thank you very much. Say something else here. Stu has now bought a box of crap wine yeah. to give to Tracy, a box of crap wine to make into candle holders, and another box of nice posh wine to replace the wine that Tracy already got. And now Tracy has got free wine off Ken, free wine off Stu, and another box of he's free not, wine off of the brewery. He's not bought another fancy nice wine. Well, he must he? have replaced the bottle that he drank. I well, don't he think said he's he going to pay it her back. It was a box of six bottles and I probably just used one of them last night. Well, he's a lightweight then. Yeah. Anyway, they go around there and this they, was have brilliant. A, they have a massive booze up. But Ed comes around later going, oh, you got your music on loud. Turn it down, mate. That's oh, not... no, it was great because he's like, oh, can you be quiet, please? Aggie's on nights. On nights and, and Steve's like, the NHS is brilliant, aren't they? <laughs> the NHS is really good. I wish he'd gone, do you know what I said to Aggie? <laughs> Do you know I really miss on Thursdays? See this rainbow on my window. On that's for Aggie. That's when we had the thing on Thursdays, is the last time I honestly felt like I was doing anything for society. <laughs> so Ed gets dragged into this booze up. Um, it wasn't then, hard. No, not really. And uh, Yasmin comes round later. Uh, oh no, she has that scene with Tim, doesn't she? And saying, "Oh, I made the same mistake with Yasmin as I did with Tim." And Tim says, "Oh, he just has a no, second no, no. chance because he's lovely." No, he says, Jeff, "She says, yeah, Jeff." Yeah, Tim says, "Give him a second chance. He seems nice." Um, although we didn't this even was... know who he was at the beginning of the scene, so I wouldn't trust his yeah. opinion. Yeah, on what this. the hell are you talking about? So, Tim? best scene of this is Yasmin yeah. going back to number one later. Tracy answers also three sheets to the wind, which yes. I thought was hilarious. I was expecting the scene where Tracy comes home, finds 
Ed, Steve and um, Stu sprawled out on the tables and then gets knickers in a twist about it. But no, she also just all wants to have a massive time. booze up. Totally sloshed. They're all heading off to the pub. And that's where well, Tracy says, you want to come to the pub, Yasmin, babe? It's not far. I love that scene. It was, I mean, that line was absolutely <laughs> the was best so line. Um, and then Stu manages to twist Yasmin's arm about coming along to the pub as well. But uh, she, she doesn't, doesn't look, look happy. too happy about it. No. Well, it's not fun to hang around with drunk people, as you know. Well, no. And also she got accused of being a drunkard just a few years ago, didn't she? When the whole Jeff storyline was going on. So she's, um, I think she's being careful with her alcohol intake. Well, she's thinking about other things that Jeff's been doing wrong. She's just she? a wet blanket, isn't she? She's just what, a party into pooper. a big old nag. She she's kind of seeing Jeff in everyone, isn't she? Mm. It's like, oh, Corey's being nasty to Asher. That's Jeff. Yeah. Stu stole some wine. That's Jeff. And yeah. I, I guess, Tracy called me Yazzy. That's Jeff. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes sense that he's left this lasting impression of her. Oh, oh, sorry, on. I know, her. but it's making her into a killjoy. Yeah, that's the problem with it a little bit at the moment. Zidane and Alia, you're keeping things from me. That's Jeff. Jeff's Des Yasmin. Get over it. Get over it. Yeah. Um, um, I love I love any scenes with drunk acting. I thought they did a really good job. I kind of wish that Aggie had been there too. Uh, go on. Yeah, what's I'll drunk just, Aggie look like? I'll just say, I'll just tell them, I've, I'll just say, I've got COVID, what are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, Aggie, but you can't self-isolate I don't, anymore. I think, I think the NHS might have different rules for mm. nurses that work in children's oncology wards. <laughs> oh, Aggie just goes wherever she fancies in the hospital, She's spins saying, a wheel, which ward am I going to work on today? Don't worry about it, I'm just going to go to the sleep... The sleep study department, and I'll just go and say, can experiment on me. It was fine. I thought for a um a throwaway nothing story, it was some light-hearted fun. I just, do I you know what it was? What? It was just nice seeing people being happy. Yes, you're absolutely right. It actually, really, that was no it. drama or backstabbing, and everyone smiling and hanging well, around a in a group lying, and having a party. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, it, it was. was very low stakes stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, stealing wine, and I think that Stu is brilliant, and I'm still gutted at the fact that he's surely going to have some horrible, tragic. Idiot, idiot, hideous coughing <laughs> death. Idiot death. So, although his coughing has his magically cleared right up. Cleared now. right up. All he had to do was sleep in a proper bed. It, it feels very. Um, Maybe he just had the vapors. It, it feels like he, he and Yasmin are going to get together, and he's actually going to buy a real bra, and then he's going to cop it or something. I don't know. What cop feel? Se- he, <laughs> he just seems like too good to be true, doesn't he? He's like Phil. They all are. Mm. All these. All these. Um, uh, sad boyfriends and girlfriends, or, or like Arthur with Evelyn. Oh. They're, they're lovely, but I think I don't it, think I, I know. I want I want Corey to change his contract because he maybe was brought in just to do a little bit, and maybe he was going to die. But I want them to realise that he's bloody brilliant and keep him on because they there's there's not anybody else like him at the moment. No. A jovial old chap. There's no. there's very few OAP kind of age sort of people men on Coronation Street at the moment. I think he's... Keeps you on. You think he's what? He's the littlest hobo and he's going to go and go and find another old lady to... Well, they're letting a real talent slip through their fingers, honestly. I also love... I love Stu and I agree with everything you've just said, but I really do not see Yasmin and Stu in a romantic way. They could. And I think it would be refreshing if they didn't. It's looking like And I would also like Yasmin to go, do you know what, in my time of life, I don't actually need a man anymore. Mm. 
No, because I, lots I, of I women, mind. lots of women who are in long-term relationships who lose their partner for whatever reason, divorce, death, whatever, chickens, decide actually better off without him. I just want somebody to put a smile on her face because, as you say, no, she's I been a bit of a downer. Even Stu can't do it, though. He's only just warming up, though. I wow. think I think he could. Um, I also just want to mention, I know it's not part of this storyline at all, but Tim was involved, but um, Sally is off to Gina's today, isn't she? Yes. And then that's the like, end of that. Right, back over to you then, Gemma. We have got the uh, the Daniel, Max, Amy, Jacob Halo, halo. That's my Beyonce impression. That is really good. I don't know the actual song that you're referring to. No, so that's I how good my... It's flawless. <laughs> Perfect rendition. Monday, Shona is very stern with Max and has had a massive go at him for being the person who's drugging the children. And he's very lucky that it's her that's reading her, him the right out because she's got soft touch and it's and David is mad. And he needs to go and apologise to Daniel and go back to school next week. Max sees Daniel in the cafe and says, oh, you're coming... Um, he says, I'm coming back to school after half term. Um, because they had taken Max out of school because they're like, we're not letting Max in school when there's a mad drug um, uh, spiker on the loose and they haven't they haven't like got to the bottom like the school's not got to the bottom of who it was no it's gonna look mighty suspicious and then david and shona are like never mind don't worry about it don't (laughs) ask us any questions we're not worried about it anymore i'm sure we'll be fine it's just probably a (laughs) one-off daniel speaks to steve about how amy is and steve confirms the police are pretty sure that the spiking happened in school and there's no news about the video because there's probably something wrong with the sd card Whatever that is, he says. Yeah, Steve doesn't know what an SD card is this week. Daniel goes down to number eight and asks Max if he could look at the SD card footage because he doesn't believe what Max is saying. And he says it was blank. And he makes it clear that he suspects Max did it and threatens to phone the police. Max begs him to reconsider and Daniel can see that he's lying. Um, that First of all, he's like, oh, I didn't have an SD card in there. And then he says, oh, it didn't record. So what is it? Which is it? He goes to phone the police and Max confesses it was him and he didn't want to hurt Amy, but she picked up the wrong drink and he says, it was meant for you. And Max seems very remorseful about what he did to Amy and he made a mistake. Um, And he says to Daniel, like you did when you pushed me down the stairs. And Daniel's like, I'm going, (laughs) I can't deal with this. And leaves Max to panic alone with his thoughts. Daniel has a chat with Amy later and she seems ready to move on with her life. So he goes back to number eight and speaks to David who, and he says he heard Max's confession from him and David says, why didn't you tell the police? And Daniel says, it's because Amy's strong, she's going to be okay and Max getting locked up won't change anything because he just made a mistake and they all agree they never Nobody tell anybody. Nobody will ever know. Daniel. Now you're involved, now you're all colluding and involved in the cover-up and everything. Terrible human being, Daniel. On Wednesday, Amy comes into the cafe looking a bit sad and Daisy tells Daniel not to worry about her because she's fine. There's also a bit of grammar talk, which is quite nice. Nina and Max talk to Amy in the street um, and he tells her to look after herself. And Amy says to Nina that it's a bit weird, the whole thing. Being (sighs) drugged and everything. Nina tells her that she and Roy are there for a pair of sympathetic ears if she needs to talk to anybody. And Nina walks off and Amy calls Jacob. Did Roy... Roy hasn't said 
Roy's not had anything to do with this at this point. I know, but it's kind of like, if you think about it, how many female characters on Coronation Street have had their drug, had their drinks spiked? I don't know. Not but many. I don't, I can't think of anybody in the show now, but Roy and David have both been spiked. Oh yeah, I forgot about And like assaulted. Spiked. Yeah. Because Roy, if you well, didn't know. Well, there's a scene wet into Athen. If you didn't know, way back when, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, Amy's mum was a spiker herself in exactly. back in the day. <laughs> Tracy spiked, she actually spiked Roy's drink. For a pound. Um, as a joke in inverted commas, and took him back to her room where she tricked him into thinking that she was, she ha- they had had sex because he was so drunk and cheated on Hayley and then actually um, got her pregnant with Amy and everybody believed this to the point at which Hayley and Roy were going to adopt Amy and call her Patience and then it all came out that Amy was actually... And Roy Steve. married Tracy, didn't he? Yeah. To try and get his, make sure he's got his claws into her. So really, I know it's that David is the one that gave the speech about drugging to, to Amy, but it should have been Roy. Yeah. And I don't know whether, I assume, because that Amy thing... doesn't know this about her mum, that she was also a massive <laughs> spiker back in the day. I, st- I don't even know what Amy knows about... Tracy being in prison, I can't remember. I, no, I know that uh, there was I a point when she definitely didn't know. I think it's gone too far to even bring it up now. Yeah, I wonder. Ooh, because the same thing potential. happened to Amy that happened to Roy. Yeah, and Roy and Amy could probably similar. relate. Yeah, similar. Relate more than David because David couldn't really talk about his whole experience with Amy because it would freak her out because he actually was raped. Yeah. And his experience is therefore very different because Amy's left wondering who, you know, wh- why did they do this? What could happen? Mm. You know, I don't know what happened. I don't remember. And that's what Roy had. Yeah. Like nothing did happen to him. Yeah. Interesting. Is it interesting? Yes. So interesting. Sorry. No, no, it, <laughs> it was. I thought it was interesting. I just haven't got anything to add. Amy calls Jacob, yes. meets him by the canal side, and he's got... Oh, this is lovely. I love this so much. I assume this is not his boat. <laughs> yeah, he's nicked a boat. He's stolen someone's boat and put a picnic basket <laughs> in it. He's gone for the oh-so-romantic location of the place where um, Seb and Nino were, um, were, were kicked ass- to assaulted. <laughs> yeah. This is the this is the um it's the literal stomping ground. Teenage <laughs> drinking ground yeah. for Weatherfield. Um but look, be quiet. We're so cynical. They had a nice time. It was lovely. Oh, and they the, the sunset was absolutely gorgeous that yeah, evening. They, they were very lucky they with when they nice filmed that. Time. Um probably probably got... very cold when it was filmed because this would have been like early January maybe, I reckon, when they filmed this. Acting. Fairy lights, candles. It was bloody wine. lovely. Um, he's lovely, they're holding hands, sunset, he says, you know, we can go anywhere, do anything, um, let's have a kiss, let's wonderful. Let's keep it secret. And they have a little don't jumper chase, anybody. don't they? He's chasing, uh, he's chasing away with her jumper and she has to go and go after him or don't something Don't take like my that. jumper in January. <laughs> it was just lovely. Absolutely. It was very sweet. We, we don't, yeah, we're not romantics, but... Um, it was very sweet. Uh, no, I, we're cute. not at all, but we can recognise when there's a cute one going on screen. And this was yeah. very, totally gave me Seven Nina vibes yeah, from yeah. this time last year. Yeah, it's because making me think he's going to get beaten to death now. Yeah, watch but out. The, the, the same, the same romance, um, 
vibes that you felt from them I'm definitely getting from Amy and Jacob and they're doing it yet again with very few scenes because it didn't take very much at all for people to fall in love with the idea of Nina and Seb last year did it yeah and I think yeah lots of people are thinking this way about those two although I'm also seeing I'm I'm seeing a a decent amount of Jacob hate still from like oh he was laughing last year about dead Ollie and and uh, when when Leanne was suffering and I kind of forgotten a bit about that honestly (laughs) I just really, really like the character of Jacob and having him redeemed in the classic Corrie fashion, I've got absolutely no qualms with at all. And um, I will say one thing Corrie's not very good at is taking villains and redeeming, like... The, it's the same thing with, with Kelly as it is with Jacob at the moment. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's they're not the just same. reformed, they're the most perfect humans ever and so thoughtful and kind and and generous and can't believe that they would ever you know what i mean mm. yeah i i think that it would be more believable if he was also a tiny bit of an ass <laughs> well there's still there's still um the chance isn't there I and mean, i still think that like he's still got his a, a few contacts in the criminal underworld because he got those fake IDs very easily the other week and i wonder and whether he's going like, to be no tempted tempted back into the life of crime but if he was, do you think that Amy has got the the nous to to notice and keep out of it? Because she's very smart, isn't she? And but also she she does love a bad guy because she went out with Tyler for a bit. She got pregnant from him. But I think that um, I would hope that she would be sensible enough to spot the danger signs if he does go back down that route. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think he will. Although probably. I'm just kind of thinking as I go at the moment. <laughs> Some of his ex-druggy friends, I wouldn't be surprised they if they turned up. Amy. Well, they, yeah, I think they, they might, might turn up on the scene and make. They, they could have had, they could have had a bit like in the middle of the picnic that they could have walked past is and gone, oh Jacob, what are you doing? Oh, you got a girl there? Oh. I don't know, I don't know. But um, it was it was lovely while it lasted, and but sad that it was only a couple of scenes. And I hope that next week maybe we get to see a little bit more of that. Um, anything to add about the Max story? I'm kind of feeling it's reached a bit of a natural conclusion now, but also thinking at the same time, oh, he's going to go back to school next week and, oh, what sort of situation is that going to be? I, I, I thought it was fun when he, um, he, he was threatening phoning the police on Max and when he was the, the only one that was able to figure out that he was the spiker. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit over this story now. It's just silly. Why is it silly? Well, you know why it's silly. Like, the whole thing. Oh, I'm going to spike you so you know what it's like to be spiked. Because you did it... Like, oh, yeah, it wouldn't... Silly. Even if even if he had spiked Daniel, it would not have in any way been comparable, would it? Mm. Yeah. But I still the think... The thing that was wrong with Dave... The thing that happened to David was not that he somebody put a drug in his in his drink and he got confused and, and sick from it, is it? It's what happened because of the drug. Yeah, but drug in the... Not good, not okay. No, it isn't. <laughs> I, I, That's I, not what I'm saying. I'm yeah. just saying. No, I know, I know. It's not the same thing. I don't, the logic, there's no logic behind it. I think that Max should not be getting away with his naughty drugging, but then neither should Daniel be getting away with his naughty pushing. They're just as bad as each other, really. 
lock him up and throw but Daniel away the is key. a teacher and, and um, so I'm naturally on Daniel's side and I like the character of Daniel more than Max so I'm more willing to forgive Max him Max is supposed to be a, a kid and make mistakes mm. okay I don't like the whole thing uh, yeah right Speaking of stories that we don't like, we did have a slight resurgence of the Drop Dead Ted storyline this week, which was basically just Craig going to work as a box packer in Underworld, which I'd forgotten that he'd got that job. And I don't I know why. I don't know why the massive gap between them agreeing to take him on and him actually starting. There. We've got to check his references. But anyway, um, he does a he does a, a fine job packing. And there was a funny scene where Lydia winds Kirk up and says that he's really on a secret undercover investigation and Kirk believes her. That was kind of funny. I thought that was really bitchy bit. of Lydia because she was like going, oh, they wouldn't have a man of his calibre working in a in a lowly box packing <laughs> factory. Like, number one, way to shade on Kirk. Number two, don't you think that Craig feels bad enough as it is having gone from being a policeman to... I don't know what he was doing, fiddling around with plastic on a bit of fabric. <laughs> it's not really, um, you know, I don't think he's using all his skills there, is he? No. Um, anyway, he, he at the end of the day, um, they're saying, oh, well done, Craig, you've done a lovely job. But he's like feeling um, yeah, a bit miffed that, that he's come down to this. And um, Faye goes home at the end of the day and tells Emma, who's doing yoga for some reason i don't know why jonathan was it jonathan harvey that wrote the second episode why they decided to have her doing that but anyway she's saying oh craig's not liking this new job and it's all our fault that he's doing it because we're the ones that ran over ted and killed him or whatever well the thing is he's gone from having an, an actual career to having yeah just a job he's taken a bit of a pay cut with this hasn't he he's probably taken a pay cut and he's also got no progression is he what, what are they going to do give him bigger boxes he could be chief box packer well, only if Kirk he could be dies. Bo- boxing Dirk boxing Dirk bossing Dirk around this time next week he's not going to talk back he's probably he? just going to be factory boss isn't he he's about as qualified for that as Sarah Louise is has anyone ever been promoted from box packer to Factory boss. I don't know, but no. we, we've had um, Jenny being promoted as cleaner to boss's wife. So I don't think Sarah needs a new wife. No. Especially not Craig. Well, she's going to need a new bloke now, isn't she, with, um, with Adam being accused of all sorts. I want to know, who's going to be the more boring box packer out of Craig or Steve Fisher? Or Kirk, even, to be fair. At least Kirk's got some funny lines and he sings songs about her asshole. Mm. Anyway, anyway, um, I think we are done for this week's Street Talk. And yeah, I'm feeling quite positive about this week as a whole. I think that the the stories that had been a bit naff got a bit better. Um, I was a bit fed up with Kevin, but I'm glad that we got to see a bit more of Abby and and, and Toya and Imran. I thought that the stew stuff was light-hearted fun and um, lovely, lovely um, picnic scenes. So I am going to give this a very generous three and a half projectile toenails out of five because that bit where Steve <laughs> that is clipping funny. his nails and it goes into Tracy's face. Funny stuff. That was so relatable. Mm. What's your score? Often I'm... I've just been minding my business and then suddenly a, a toenail, I can hear it clatter across the floor from you. <laughs> you hate it when I do my toenails, don't you? I don't love it. <laughs> I um... do have rather gross toenails everybody you don't want to know but if you ever seen those adverts no. where they advertise the fungal nail treatment they could have used me as a foot model for those the, only time the before ever be that a foot is model, yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought it was very good I, d- I can't give it a four no it wouldn't have four this week I, I know Lord, it's not no. 
Right, I'm giving it four. <laughs> you said you can't give it a four. Maths and tonic. You're giving it a three and a half. Jamie's no. giving it a three and a half. No. Rebecca, I'm giving it four. Meth and tonics. Okay, fine. Um, character of the week this week. Um, I can't really give it to anyone in the Abbey story because they're all a bit as bad as each other there. Um, I might... Give it to Sarah Louise for her amazing detective skills. I Adam, did enjoy Sarah Adam doesn't Lewis, even really. like oysters. <laughs> I know, I thought Stu was quite funny. I could yeah, give I it know. to him for just... Stu. He was great. And, and Lydia was all right, just yeah, as an, an evil, manipulative old so-and-so. I just really need to know. I need someone from Coronation Street to tell me. No, that is it. She is just mad because she dated him for a month. Or... No, there's more to discover. I, I, I because if so. I, if there isn't any more, I need to know now. There, there, there was ample opportunity for her to have revealed something for him today, but she didn't. Um, I, I, or I am going to give my character of the week to Stu, just to say, well done. You are able to um, hold my attention by some fluffy fun he is story. Really good. And you don't need high drama and secrets and revelations and all that kind of stuff to be a really great story. And he's lots of fun, and I've just I just got a horrible need... feeling I'm not going to be able to choose him as character of the week for very much longer because I think his days are numbered. Sadly. I don't need him, him and Yasmin to be any more than boss mm. and worker, though. I think I just think they're not suited to each other at all. I mm. think Yasmin is too aristocratic, and um, she's too um, inhibited now, isn't she? She yeah, used to be a lot can, more free and she can bohemian. Bring it out of her. She can bring it out of her. I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. No, but I, I'm giving it to Stu, but I'm giving props as well to Daniel. I thought he was all right this week. I thought that Tracy was quite fun this week. I thought that um, Linda, I'm enjoying watching Linda. Um, as much as I'm not on her side about the who should Joseph go to live with, I liked her. I think that um, Sarah Lou, great. Um, and I always love Abby. So it's not, And everyone not else that we didn't mention from. were bad. Yes, terrible actors and characters. Um, who are you, are you giving it to Stu? No. Who's your character of the week? Sarah Lou? Yes. Okay, Sarah Lou and lovely Stu. <laughs> That's it. That is it. We're done. So, it's time for some news. And there's some big current news to talk about this week. So, let's talk about it. News time. And there's some big current news this week. Schedule changes. It's all afoot. We've been wondering for a long time when this is going to happen. When are we going to switch to our thrice weekly hour episodes of Coronation Street? And this week we got a date. Um, I was wondering, I thought it was going to have to be quite soon that we were going to be told this because originally we were told early March, weren't we? And um, earlier on, was it the weekend? Or maybe Monday, I can't remember, that it was revealed that EastEnders was also changing their schedule now. So that's how this week of schedule change news started. <laughs> it was quite quite interesting, wasn't it? Because EastEnders has now moved, or will be moving, um, on the week starting the 7th of March to 7.30 on Monday to Thursday. Um, and when the, when it was originally came out that um, Coronation Street were going to be moving their schedule and Emmerdale and everything, then they, it was going to be directly in competition with EastEnders. But now it seems like they're running scared, aren't they? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm calling it. <sighs> <laughs> you fed up with this before it's even started. <sighs> so I just don't like ill feeling and no, I know. I'm rivalries. Well, no, and... we have talked and very seriously about the fact that we don't like the soaps going up against each other. It's no good for anybody, really. But it was interesting to me that EastEnders was like, I'm not having that, mate. Thank you very much. Well, no, no, no. Going up against each other is good. Competition breeds, you know, I don't know, innovation. But Hopefully. Um, 
actually trying, like, the insinuation uh, in some quarters were, was that Coronation Street was trying to deal a death blow to, to EastEnders, and that's what we were saying. Like, yeah. that, that kind of um, proper underhanded attack is not good, and I don't think that was the purpose. I don't think so, necessarily. I mean, they, they would think... have known that it was going to cause a bit of a hoo-ha and that yeah. EastEnders would have to react in some way. And there was only so many places that EastEnders could move to. As it is, they're now going to be going up against Emmerdale, which, you know, 10, 15 years ago, no big deal. EastEnders is getting millions and millions more than Emmerdale. But as it is at the moment, I, I can't remember. I think East, uh, Emmerdale even gets higher viewing figures than EastEnders. I'm not sure. So it, they're still on fairly ropey ground. Although I think that the uh, the BBC boss is a lot more pro watch it on iPlayer, it's fine, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, I think, because also, Corona, think about BBC that we haven't really said, in, uh, we've mentioned it, but not directly. It's not just a TV channel. I mean, ITV is not just a TV channel either, really. They produce their own stuff, etc., etc. But the BBC is, you know, a massive multimedia company that does streaming. Hmm. They have, you know, they, they have... They've got their own radio station. They have radio, they have, t- you know, they have, they, oh God, I don't even know what I'm saying. But they, like, recipes, you know. Yeah. They do everything. They, they are yeah, a media, and... yeah, they're a media company that produces all kinds of entertainment. And they've got loads of revenue streams. And really, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think that they're going to hurt if people watch EastEnders on, the, on streaming because their revenue comes from everybody paying their license well the uh, the bbc iplayer is a lot better than the itv hub as well isn't a lot it? of people moan about the itv hub we don't really use it apart from when we have to well yeah we used it when when coronation street broadcast their first last summer but apart from that we've not had anything to do with it but those people who do use it complain an awful lot about the um the quality and the, the it, adverts don't you and... think it's also really i think it's really weird that you know itv and bbc are sensibly quite you know big rivals with each other um, but also they both collaborate to make BritBox. They do, yeah. So, you you know, at the end of the day, is it really that much of a rivalry? I don't really know. There's place for everybody. That's what I'm saying. We've been watching the Brit House Empire on BritBox this past week, haven't we? Yes. We got to the end of the Thin Blue Line on, uh, on what did we watch now? On Amazon Prime. We thought we were in the mood for more 90s sitcom goodness. So Brit House Empire on BritBox. Recommended. I haven't watched it since, well, for about 20 years. And obviously, in this country, the BBC has this kind of sheen of respectability that um, is being worn away by politics and mm. and moaning. Um, and you know, ITV is kind of like the scrappy upstart or like the second best kind of channel. Yeah. Actually, I think if I was going to work for a channel, I'd rather work for the ITV. Hearing the bloody horror stories about how <laughs> uptight BBC are about everything. Yeah, I know. Nightmares. Um, so anyway, Coronation Street is also going to be switching its schedule that week. So the week starting the seventh of March. So we got just a couple more weeks of normal Corey left. Well, that's not true. If you remember from last week's cabin, the week before that, that's when there's just going to be two hour-long episodes during the week. I can't remember which days it is now. Um, but the, the on the 6th of March, which is the Sunday, there's going to be an hour-long episode then to catch up from what was missed the previous week. And then 7th, 9th and 11th, you've got your hour-longs as well. So that's, yeah, that's officially the first week that is happening. But there'll be, um, we'll get a little taster of what it's going to be like the week before. And uh, Ian McLeod, as he is wants to do has has been spouting his mouth off about this saying coronation street um oh no that's his job title 
It's an exciting time for the show. <laughs> and these stories will propel us into the hour-long era with a bang and all the characteristic drama, humour, twists and intrigue that Corrie viewers have come to expect. So, Why do you say spouting his mouth off? Why are you so rude? Um, that's, his, that's his official title, isn't it? Coronation Street Spouts Piece. <laughs> Ian McLeod. That's so rude. Well, there was a big load spoiler dump on, um, I can't remember what, this was Wednesday that this came out, uh, because I um, was wondering when this was happening, and I emailed the Corrie Press team on Tuesday afternoon. Like, mind your business. <laughs> they were, I said, do we have a date for when they go into the hour-long format? And then they replied back saying, oh, just wait, look, look out for a press release, it's coming soon. And then like, literally less than 24 hours later, it had come out. So they knew they just didn't want to tell me. And good for them for keeping it dumb. Why should they tell dumb. you? Um, anyway, so when this came out on Wednesday, it was a whole slew of other spoilery information about the storylines that are going to be kicking off around early March as well. I've mm. done my best to avoid them. I had a little... Accidental look at some of what's going on, and they oh, also released some. I know something's going to happen. Do you? Sally changes her pronouns to they them. <laughs> Can you believe it? Maybe then she maybe because she's uh, going off now when she comes back from her dancing on ice. Then that's <laughs> who knows it. Be. It changes a person. Yeah. Um, no, what were we saying? Um, yeah, no, there were there were big, there were character pictures. They were like posh, artsy, moody, gritty character pictures of Adam, Daisy, Gary, and Abby. So. They're going to be doing something big that week, presumably, but I don't really know exactly what because I didn't read it. But anyway, kind of looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, the the time of half hour Coronation Streets with the break in between is um, well, Over. next next week is going to be the last week that we get to have the the little breather with Paul O'Grady and so on in between the Coronation Streets. Poor, so, um, those poor dogs are the ones that are going to suffer. Oh, I know, so sad for them. No more bonios. No, no. Anyway, so what do people think of this? Let us know. Hope hope you're not hating it too much because it's happening now. Well, anyway. it's fine. It's yes. Fine. Speaking of Sally, um, she's still on Dancing on... Every every time I start the news article about it, she's still hanging on in there, Sally. I don't know why you're so confident that she's such well, an awful skater she's going to... Just from what I've been hearing over the past four weeks, it's not that she's been an awful skater in the slightest, it. but the fact that everybody else is bloody brilliant there, professionals. They're all, they're all dancers. Yes. And, she and did what get, do she, we all know? What? It's a transferable oh, yeah. flipping skill. Yes. Um, she got her best ever score last Sunday, though. They uh, She skated... <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it now. They skated to My Favourite Things from The Sound of Music, and she got 31.5 points. Pretty good, but still, alas, second from bottom, um, but only after Bez. <laughs> I still don't know who he is, even though I've been mentioning him for the past month. But Bez is out. She um, won in the skate-off against him. But um, if things are going the way it seems things are going to go this week, um, maybe she has she will have skated her last by Sunday. But go on, Sal. You can do it. You keep on going in there. You show those professional skaters who's boss. You are. Finally, Gemma. Oh, no, nearly finally. There's been more Waterloo Road ex-Corry casting news in the past week and a half. Um, it's already got... Who's in there at the moment? Kim Marsh is in there. Everybody. Everyone, basically, if you've left Coronation Street in the past five you years, you've probably got a job on Waterloo Road, the new series of that. But Ryan Clayton is the latest Corrie alumnus to um, take a position uh, behind the desk of Waterloo Road School. Has he been a teacher? I don't know. And um, he was the guy who played Josh. Evil Josh. Maybe he's going to be evil Boo. in this. I don't know. Um, but also, the tangential link here, Tina O'Brien's daughter Scarlett is also going to be in it. Oh, that's nice. So that's quite cool. Um, she's going to be a child in it. 
And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, inspired. I still still probably not going to be watching any of this Waterloo Road, but um, yeah, Coronation Street fans who are also into this, you're in for a bit of a treat, it looks like. And finally, 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 this is usually the point of the podcast where I say, and here's my review of the new Coronation Street book, but I have not been able to finish it yet. If only you had not been pretending to be asleep to, to avoid I know. Well, I did, I did have the book open on the train for a bit of the journey. Well, on the way there, I read about three chapters or so, and I was planning to read a bit more on the way back, but instead my um, my cowardice took over and I just went to sleep instead. I can't instead. believe you admit it that you were, cow- you were pretending. That's really bad. Well, I wasn't pretending. How am I supposed to I was fight just desperate. Myself? trying to get to sleep but I, I was very do... tired after all those walking abouts we'd done all during the day right you're going to anyway... pay for me to do self-defence lessons okay. if you're going to be a coward fair you enough, to put your fair money enough. Where your you mouth is. no I, I, I'm about halfway through we'll meet again now just, just below halfway uh, through it's quite interesting because um, the character the main character in it Wendy Collins is a primary school teacher she works at Bessie Street School so it's been quite cool having a few scenes there and um, and she rocks up in September saying oh, I've just got a job here the class is starting this afternoon which which year group am I teaching which is, seems crazy to me but she is Ken's teacher so there's been lots of talk about what a great student Ken is and tell you what they're really painting out um, Frank Barlow to be a massive ass in this story okay. <laughs> yeah just about oh, i don't want him taking his 11 plus going to an old grammar school and the 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 subplot that's going on is all the women folk of the rovers are setting up a female darts team to go against frank and um i can't remember who else is on the team with them now albert tatlock and all that lot so it's boys versus girls in the darts and uh yeah frank doesn't like that one bit um but no I, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it so far um the the, I, I, the the plots of all of these books have been fairly gentle and it's it's been another one of these ones a bit like the last few of Maggie Sullivan's books where she's created a character um, to be the main character of the book and um, you know all the extras uh, actual Coronation Street characters um, so you've got your Elsie you've got your your Esther you've got your Ida and um, and some of the young guns <clears throat> the young children as well anyway it's jolly good I wonder if anyone else is listening is reading it or if they just want me to shut up I'm going to do that anyway, whether you like it or not, because that's the news over. And now it's time for us to do some feedback. So over to you. Right, we will finish off with a little bit of feedback then. Not much feedback this week. Why is there not much feedback? It's your fault, listeners. Feed us back. Feed back to us. Send us emails. Send us texts. Send us tweets. Send us anything. We will read them out, we promise. Or don't. Or don't. It's fine. If you want this podcast to be shorter, then... Don't. Do what you like. But we've got some people. We've got Nancy and Rebecca. We're going to read out their feedback as usual this week. I want another voicemail as well. Why has nobody sent us a voicemail for ages? What's going on? Contact us. We need you. Gemma, would you like to know what people on Facebook scored last week's Coronation Street? Sorry for that little whinge there. Sorry. 3.48 Gemma is what they give. Yes, they did that. They did do that including Michelle, who gave three oysters losing their lives for a silly story out of five, Judith, three and a half rounds of Russian poulette out of five, mm-hmm. and Jonathan, four choices between a Valentine's Day cuppa and full sex with Shona out of five. Don't ever go for the half. <laughs> I know which know one I would choose. You have to guess which one it is. Gemma, can you read out Nancy's mail? Sibu play. Nancy said, I knew something was going to happen to Amy when I saw the colour of her face when she came out of the club. Jacob was the right one to be there because he knew just what to do. Simon overreacted with regard to Jacob. I do have a concern about David because I think he's going to have a hard road dealing with Max. I can see Shona's point of view, but I wonder why she has no concern for Amy. What would she say to her? Max is twisted. He didn't stop Amy from drinking the drink. Trace, sorry, Tracy needs to talk with Amy about her experience and how she felt. 
So yeah, that was quite funny because when Amy was in hospital, Tracy was like, oh, I, I, this reminds me of when I took ecstasy. Not, this reminds me of when I drugged Roy Cropper. <laughs> hmm. Um, Nancy says, if Lydia doesn't become a proper villain, I think it will be a missed opportunity. Sarah could have derailed Lydia's plans by surprising Adam at the hotel. The client is playing for the expenses, so how is Lydia's plan going to work at all? Lydia is hoping Sarah will see her phone with messages from Adam. Well, well she phoned up and they just told her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that Easy they, get out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nancy says, I love the character of Linda. And she does mean Linda here, yep, not Lydia. Linda. Is Dev going to have a relationship with her, I wonder? It felt like she wants to help Chesney out, if only he will let her. Chesney doesn't like charity. Chesney doesn't like anything. No. I'm happy for Imran He likes Toya. Mona and he likes Winger and he likes pulling those sad Ron Weasley-like <clears throat> faces. <clears throat> I'm happy for Imran and Toya. If Abby does turn out to be pregnant, I hope that Toya and Imran can work it out so they can be married and live happily. <sighs> they will stay together for Elsie. This pregnancy thing, it's like, I was just, oh, I wondered like whether the end of today's episode was going to be a, like, a final scene, Abby looking at a pregnancy test or getting a scan out of a you know something it's... well somebody also said that um she had a craving for something the other day oh yeah somebody did point that out well on, i didn't on i missed internet, it didn't they? i totally missed that See, i don't it shouldn't she be is, i don't know how long it takes for ladies to show their pregnancy I, bump, thought but I would have thought it'd be by now but i don't know that she lied when she told imran <laughs> that she did the test and it was fine it's because the way she said it um and also it's the most dramatic way for the story to go um but now I'm starting to wonder. She must like if she is pregnant. She must know, right? Because yeah, that's she why she's know. drinking orange juice. Because nobody drinks orange juice by choice. Yeah, you're either pregnant or a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, is it, it's got to be, but it's got to come out soon. No, but it's I think me we crazy. might be barking up the wrong tree. Honestly, we might be. The longer this goes on, <laughs> I think. Do you think Coronation Street is going to like down on this? We can't be wrong. Everybody thinks that Abby's pregnant, so surely she must be. That's how it works. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you get pregnant, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Just will this baby into existence. But I don't. But oh. at the same time, I don't want her to be because I don't want there to be another hurdle for Iman and Toya. This baby's going to be a tolper. I just literally only want Abby to be pregnant so that I can say, I told you so. What's a tolper? A tolper is a being that you imagine into existence. Oh. And it's like a kind Where's of... Where's this from? Is this a sci-fi concept? No, it's a real thing that really happens in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, it's, like a, it's like a paranormal theory of like, that you can create a bit, like that's where ghosts come from, that you, that they're tulpas that are created by the power of the human mind. So I think that perhaps as the Coronation Street viewers, we might manifest a baby into Abbey through the power of our minds. <laughs> Sally Khan will just be reading a script one day and these words saying, I'm pregnant will just magically appear Well, there. let's direct ourselves <laughs> like, very Bloody carefully. Hell, it's a tulpa. Very, very carefully direct our words so that it's not Sally Carmen who accidentally gets knocked up with a script baby. It has to be Abby. <laughs> well, you never know, you know. She might be having a baby, might she? She might be, She's but, I, I, married I, this year I, yeah, but I would prefer it to be her choice. Yes. 
I don't want to manifest a baby. And also, and a real oh, actress is. If Sally Carmen would like uterus. to have a baby, okay, that's obviously fine. But I tell you what, I don't oh, want no, a story where go. Abby has to leave because Sally's going on maternity no. leave, and it's like, oh, she's Not gone off business. to do her drugs. No, she's gone off to do her drugs. Well, that's what the story would be. Roy's gone off to do be. a gap year, and. <laughs> They're just it'll be like when Kylie disappeared off for a little Shut bit. Shut up. Nancy says, I give this week's episode three and a half sticky buns out of five. The character of the week is Lydia. There we go. When men find a way to make the babies themselves, they can have an opinion on what women do <laughs> with their uteruses and their time that they want to take to have a family. And if she doesn't want to have a family, that's fine too. Okay. Shut up. I should never have said anything about oh, manifesting a baby with the power of my mind. <laughs> I'm sorry I told you about tulpas. You weren't ready. Right. Finally then, what does Rebecca have to say about last week's curry? Well, she says, to start off the feedback, love the Amy story this week and all the ball and club scenes. What's that? Oh. The ball, the ball and club. That sounds like <laughs> the ball a and club. Pub. <laughs> club the ball <laughs> scenes and the club scenes i also the agree michael i thought Ardy looked shifty and i also thought that he could have spiked amy's drink too hmm. maybe yeah like i maybe. said it could have been everybody could have been love like jacob expressive drugging <laughs> love jacob trying to protest his innocence and i do think that he and amy will get back together eventually true i also think that max will spike again do you think i will spike again <laughs> Well, I think he would learn his bloody lesson. Well, he seemed... The thing is, Max did honestly seem to be proper genuine with his remorse this week, didn't he? No, Max was just mad and upset that he spiked the wrong person. Saying, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to hurt Amy, is not the same as saying, I have realised that this is the wrong thing to do. Well, tell you what, they need to get Daniel running some spiking classes now that the consent Consent. workshops are over. I didn't consent to have you put drugs in my drink. No. Um, So it should cover everything, Michael, consent. Rebecca reckons that Max is going to maybe spike Summer. He's going to stick something in her energy drinks, maybe. Um, David should have... I think that Summer's spiking herself, to be honest. Yes, What's going on with that story? Where's Summer? Where's, where's Summer? Rita? Where's a uh, Where's a uh, um? Where's Ryan? Where's Alia? What's where's... Nah, Shut up! Eating disorder story. That was going on, no. wasn't it? No, Summer. I said that she had an eating disorder. Well, no, well, she was making herself sick, wasn't she, at Christmas time? And now they're just putting everyone makes himself sick at Christmas That's time. True. I also thought Steve was just being Steve, and I loved the punch. Even though I'm enjoying the Lydia story, I do want either the stakes to go higher or to find the reasoning of Lydia's actions. Do you know what? I really love the punch at the ball and what was it? Ball and club. Ball and club. I do agree over the bringing back Sarah trying for a baby again. Please, no. Although, what would be interesting is if Lydia pretended she was pregnant. Oh, this is what... I, I didn't copy this, Rebecca. I didn't read your, your messages before I came up with that theory, honestly. Um, if Lydia pretended she was pregnant have. by her mystery boyfriend. I did quite enjoy Lydia throwing the oysters away, though, and also paying for them on Adam's credit card. How much was that? £185? Is that really how much champagne and oysters cost? Where did you get that number from? I thought that's what they said on the phone. Oh. Oh, maybe I don't know. Sarah Drunk was also fun too, and I loved seeing Peter and Carla again. Chesney really annoyed me this week. <laughs> Bit of a change there. You don't there. need to write and that. And I wasn't very impressed at seeing Linda either, although I am enjoying the scenes between her and Bernie. I'm wondering if there's anything else that Gemma and Chesney haven't told Linda regarding the whole Joseph thing, as they kind of were stressing that. Elaine, just go away. The doctor thing was weird, and I'm tired of her poking her nose into Tim and Sally's sex life. They're consenting adults after all. 
also husband and wife. Is t- are we still going to have more scenes of Elaine um, mothering Tim while Sally's away, or is we just going to have a bit of a break from that story, maybe? I don't know. Um, nice to hear a mention of Gina, and I thought something was going to come up on the computer screen when Sally and the others were gossiping. Finally, as delighted as I was that Toya and Imran are engaged, I know that it won't happen Yay. as Storm Franklin is ready to explode. Yeah. Abby's face was so guilty, though, when she was talking to Toya. Character of the week is Jacob, and I give it four weird otters with duckbill faces out of five. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you. And Nancy. And all and those other people that thought about emailing us but didn't. Thank you for You're listening. So thank you for listening. Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. Say it like you mean it, Gemma. You can also find us on Spotify and you can um, score us there as well if you would like. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're on that as well. YouTube, I've heard of that. Patreon. We have, got a, we have got a Patreon episode coming up. We're probably going to be recording it on Sunday because the end of February has just sprung up on us. I was talking to you about this the other day thinking, oh, it's half term. We'll get it done during half term week. And then that'll be like a nice mid, mid-February Patreon episode when we've been running late for the last few ones. But no, turns out that it's March on Tuesday, so we better get our skates on with this. So look out for that if you're one of our Patreons at Beast or Above Level. I don't know what the theme's going to be yet. We'll come up with something. So look out for that on Sunday, I guess. Don't forget that you can join Patreon any point and have instant access to all of the back catalogue of the Patreon episodes that we have done already. There's like over 25. Yes, under easily. 35. Somewhere in between. Don't yeah. know. It's great. It's great fun. Um, anyway, that is it. I hope Thank you enjoyed you, today's podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank hope you, for you had a good day. Go to bed. Sleep well. Um, drink enough water. Don't get kidney stones. Sage advice. See you next week, everybody. Goodbye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye.